Minefielders! Mouth Here we go. Do, 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 do. It was a clear black night. A clear <laughs> black moon. Now, we were we were cluing in Mr. Tony Morales to the most excellent remix of Regulators when they cue in the original Mr. Mike McDonald doing the third verse on mm. each uh, each end there. I keep forgetting we're not in love anymore. It I can't, I can't do a Mike McDonald. Dude, I mean, we're gonna, I, we're gonna demonetize. You can't go too much demonetized. <laughs> yeah, no, they're gonna we're be gonna they're gonna be like, uh, you owe us money now. That's how demonetized yeah. so, we're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking. We're we're, we're chatting on Facebook uh, video chat. There's a little, little pop up like Michael McDonald, like an angry voice, and his his fucking lawyers. <laughs> like, Nobody you, actually listened to my song for about forty five minutes. So uh, thank you all for advertising me. Because that's we're putting a halt on this unauthorized use. Now, I wanted to start this off because I have a theory on Regulate, and I have told you, Colin, and you're usually drunk when I tell you about this because you're my best probably, friend. Probably, but, but Morales is part of the crew. We got to let him know how it works. Okay, so, toast to you too, sir. So, here's what Regulate is all about. As a storyteller, as writers, because, you know, this is Minefields. Mm-hmm. I guess we should go ahead and get canceled right away, but I'm not going to be too vulgar. Uh, Warren G is cruising around looking for some pussy. While cruising around looking for some pussy, he sees some dudes that should not be in his hood throwing some dice. And he's like, what the fuck? Gets out of his car. He's like, y'all need the fuck out of here. They immediately pull some f- fucking guns on him. He's on his knees. They're robbing his ass. Now, currently at this exact fucking moment, Warren G is cruising around who has already found some pussy Looking for his best pal, Warren G. Yes, that makes sense. He, cru- he cruises around the corner, <clears throat> sees Warren G getting jacked, kicks these bitches out the car. He says so in the song. <laughs> he in says fact, so. He does. Those were his he words. He says so in, in, in beautiful, beautiful harmony. Kicks these bitches out the car, goes around the corner. With 16 in the clip and one in the hole, Nate Dogg is about to make some bodies turn cold. Now they're dropping in yelling, it's a tad bit late. Nate Dogg and Warren G had to regulate. Anyway, so he just ices all these motherfuckers. Uh-huh. Then he's like, so they're stealing Warren's wealth. He gets his wealth back. Dude, thanks for saving my ass. He's like, no problem. Listen, let's go pick up these hoes I just uh, jumped off <laughs> a minute ago. And let's go to this hotel and smoke weed and fuck all night. And he's like, sure, let's get in the car. And they <laughs> go to the, the hotel. <laughs> yeah, they, they go to the hotel with these with said hoes. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they smoke weed all night and, and do it. And, and, you know, if if you don't smoke weed like them, then you're not high like every day. Now, the point of this entire conversation is not me trying to be vulgar. How many of you minefielders out there have a friend that would do said exploitation of awesomeness? for you because you guys are best pals while i'm single stands a pretty good chance while i'm not single (laughs) things are a little different (laughs) correct i imagine you would uh kick mrs colin future mrs colin out of the car and be like i don't want you to get shot by a straight bullet but i'm gonna go save josh and mr morales because josh caused some shit and tony's in trouble too now it's not the tough thing it's that my girlfriend being as awesome as she is and as she has said I'm sorry I don't have any chill. <laughs> Cause uh yeah, she mm-hmm. went she went after a dude recently 
And I'm like, and I mean in a mean way, because he was being rude to us for no reason. And I'm like, she probably would come out and be like, "Uh, yeah, we're going to put some uh, we're going to put some fists into that guy's face. And I'm like, why? I'm carrying we're we're, we're, we're carrying weapons. Let's let's brandish, which is dangerous. But you don't you know, you don't. I'm glad she stuck out for you. She should. Mm. But Mr. Morales, thank you. Mm -hmm. You were part of minefields. You're. One of our best this friends. We love you. This is the crew. This is this is this is our crew. We have never like all been all three together in one room together because Colin lives okay. See, that's okay. I'll come visit. We'll, we'll end up there when you eventually get your fucking Oklahoma license, which you probably won't. <laughs> I'll have to pay for it. Just make sure we go there. I'm just fucking with you, man. But uh, yeah, that, that's how we roll. That's how we roll here, and uh, I know you know it. Uh, I'm little married. I'm little married guy. So you're all on your own. <laughs> <laughs> By the have way, you, last week... Let me ask, though. Have you ever been in a situation where you've had to pull out some awesome wrestling moves on a on a person in a real-life situation? I've never honestly pulled out a wrestling move on a, on a in a real-life situation that I can think of. Mm-hmm. There was combat. one time at a show where I ended up having to put a guy in his place. Right on, right um, on. It was, it was after a match. Uh, I'm... I'm, I'm a wrestler um, who was not on the show, but oh. was good friends with somebody who was, was in the crowd. And he constituted himself as a trainer. Uh-oh. And the other, the other guy um, was in a triple threat match. And one of the newer guys had um, messed up some moves in the match. Didn't, it didn't work out the way it should have. Nobody did. Nothing... Nothing ridiculous or out of the realm of, you know, possibility, but just something, some little screw ups here and there. Mm-hmm. And like post match, like every, the people, the fans had cleared out. And like the, the guy in ch- the trainer uh, just went up and slapped him in the face. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and me and my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, were just happened to be walking in the area. And I, I got heated because the guy uh, question was a good friend of mine, the trainer. Yeah. And the other guy, well, not, like uh, was a was a friend of mine that we weren't really buddy buddy anymore. Oh, oh but so the, the guy was uh, quite a bit smaller than the trainer. Mm-hmm. To the point where it was it was basically bullying. Yeah. And okay. I ended up having to I ended, I ended up having to step in. And freaking, because there were several other wrestlers around, and if no, nobody else had said anything, and I would, that just it did say one thing I don't stand for is bullying. It's it's a, a, a peeve. Yeah, you will, not, freaking, uh, you will not abide. Morales yeah. will not abide. And uh, you know, and I said something, and he was like, "Doesn't anybody else care?" And I looked Ooh. my friend in the eye and was like, "A, I care. B." You for damn sure ain't gonna slap me in the face like that. And yeah. he got the cue. He got the cue, and he quickly backed down. You ever uh, see LA Confidential? I yeah, have actually. Totally. You guys recommended it like a year ago. Oh yeah. There is, uh, and this isn't applicable because it was a uh, man abusing uh, wife. But uh, old Bud sees that guy beating up his wife inside. Mm-hmm. And he, rips the uh, Christmas ornaments down and the guy comes outside what the fuck and he's like hey how about try and dance with a man for, for a change oh yeah sure 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. Like like that was that was that was the cue. Like, like I'm please just give me a fucking reason. <laughs> he even introduced himself as fucking cop yet, man. Yeah, like yeah that 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 was that was one of the best parts of the movie was uh, old Bud being the uh, the woman defender that ended up. You know that's that's neither here nor there. Like the the storyline, but like uh, that sort of character trait is ingrained uh your your parents raised you right and you stood up for your buddy and or even if it wasn't your friend um like you, you did what needed to be done man and when they, he probably saw that look in your eyes man like you're a tough guy man like uh, but i know you um but um at the same time though you, you've got a soft approach to things like the fact that someone brought that out of you is fucking scary yeah, it's, you know, it's like I said, it is, it's it's you know, it is what it is situation. It wasn't yeah. going to be, nobody else wanted to address it, and it was a garbage situation because, you know, at the end of the day, if that guy had been, you know, his size or bigger, he wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have done it. A, the only reason he did was because this guy was looked upon as weak. And quite frankly, that's pathetic. Was he looked upon as weak because of his stature or because of how green he was? Uh, a little bit of both. He, not even so much that he was green. He was just a, he was an awkward individual. Just a, he was a weird guy and freaking, you know, my, uh, my wife has a t- uh, tells me I have a tendency to adopt people. Yeah. Kind of take them on as like a, fa- a father figure role. And that can be both a benefit and a detriment depending on the person. Right. But it's definitely something that, you know, happens. And freaking, you know, it's, you know, like I said, it was just it was just a garbage situation. He wouldn't, if that other guy wasn't perceived as weak or pathetic, he wouldn't have done it. Simple as that. wonder how and bad his I, that, that's, that's some BS that I don't want to put up with. No. Because if you're not, if you're, if you can't defend yourself, who else is going to? But you know where you're not going to have to defend yourself in the crowd is New Era. That's true. No, a New Era, we've got a wonderful crowd. We've got great people in the back. Uh, just uh, the show coming up, man. Jason knocked out that flyer, man. Like, he's done some – I loved his Ragnarok flyer, but this new one he did, and not mm-hmm. just because he used some, a couple of my photos, like, was fucking gorgeous, man. Yeah, no, it's knocking out of the park. Freaking, he always does. Like March, uh, March twelfth, up at Mile High, uh, the big warehouse on Jason Street in Denver, Colorado. Freaking, we're coming back, coming back strong, hitting them hard, and having a hell of a time. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome, man. Uh, I want to go there a little bit early because I want to hit that. I want to hit that Mexican bodega. It's like a like half mile away to get some bootleg DVDs, and then there's a Long John Silver's like right around the corner. Long John Silvers. We don't have them here in the Springs, man. Dude, like, yeah, like there's yeah. like two. There's like two in Denver. I was Wait, watching Captain the... D's. It's just as good. What? We got Sh- Captain D's. Shut just up. As good. There. Were, I was about to say there's one Captain D's anywhere that I've seen, and it's uh, in North Tulsa, which says something. And yeah, uh, yeah there. I remember seeing a seeing a list of 100 things that nobody would ever say, <laughs> and it was like <laughs> it, number 39. Mmm, Captain D's. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, we got Col- we got Culver's here, which is actually better than Long John Silver's. But oh, Culver's like- is a, Culver's is great. Best burger in town, yeah. in my opinion. 
Mm. Yeah, Culver's Culver's is they do have an amazing burger, but their uh, uh, Lent's coming up, and I play along uh, with my family. Uh, I don't really consider myself Catholic, but you know, I've got a Catholic family, and the Catholic mother asked about like you know what I ate that day on a Friday. I'm like, yeah, I went to Culver's and I spent twenty dollars on a goddamn delicious oh. ass codfish with good ass coleslaw, and you know, but it was still like twenty bucks. <laughs> That's why uh-huh. uh, McDonald's still has the fillet of fish to make sure you know that everybody can eat. You know, Rogan was talking about the like he he was talking about that's his favorite thing there. But the it's but the uh, kind of but the sandwich. his uh, producer was like, that's actually uh, one of the best fish sandwiches you can get. It's actually codfish. Mm-hmm. It's not Pollock. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 good quality meat, like fish meat, like then goddamn, I'm, you know, it's a couple of days away. <laughs> but we gotta talk about some we we gotta talk about some wrestling. Uh, yeah. Cody Rhodes, Brandy, inexplicably like there's like eight million words that just jammed into that mobile jumbo there. Inexplicably, unexpectedly, yeah. what the fuck just happened? It put the fear of God in me when it came to AEW. Like it, like like there's there's trouble you know uh, uh, up it's ahead. The beginning but, like, of the end. No, I did not not that, but even then, it like scared me that it threatened me that there was that, that AEW could possibly go away because Cody and Brandy left. Um, the the theories are, are 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 fleeing like monkey shit at the fucking zoo, man. Like you know, he's gonna <laughs> he he's gonna be at WrestleMania. He's gonna be Stardust saying, "Get the fuck out of here." You guys never remember me. That's one thing back in the day that really resounds with me was how. Cody was a businessman when it came to talking about his gripes with WWE, uh-huh. but he sure as hell didn't hold back when it came to like how they handled him as a character, uh, whether it's Cody with the mustache, without the mustache, or a stardust, and um, you know it, it just it just didn't sit right in my stomach. And you know, like I said, that these rumors are flying, but uh, I want to bring this up because uh, Tony, if if you don't mind taking the the reins here. Uh, you said something very profound to me that really stuck with me. It's going to stick with me forever when it comes to wrestling. If you don't mind uh, uh, gifting minefielders here with this little juicy nugget of uh, knowledge. Well, first, I mean, first off, we'll get, like I said, we'll go into the, the Cody Rhodes thing. Freaking apparently they couldn't agree on money, which is a, a really interesting play uh, thought process as far as a man who's an EVP of a company as well as a talent, as well as has two completely different reality or one reality show and one game show yep. on that same network, based purely on the fact that he is a part of this roster. But the uh, the quote that we talked about that I've you know we've used before is believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. Yeah. Um, that's something that I actually got originally, funnily enough, from that old WWE magazine uh, during the, the, the total that was it was nothing but just kind of stories about the characters in and of themselves. There's no real reality behind it, but they'd always have a poster of one of the wrestlers in the middle of the book. And it was a poster. It was a picture of Gangrel. And like in the back, and it had like the back of the poster would have like a bunch of 
random things, favorite color, favorite match, just kind of random stuff. But they'd always have like a random quote. And the quote from Gangrel was, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. And I always thought about that. <clears throat> because wrestling is such a uh, an interesting juxtaposition of reality versus fantasy. You know, there's so much, you know, there's so much as a participant you could put in. And there's so much that is determined by outside forces, you know, not, not an awful lot of, you know, there's not like a percentage you could give it that is of your control. There's so much stuff you can control and there's a lot of stuff that's outside of your control as, as a talent, even as like the guy that writes the stories or the guy that runs the show, you know, because freaking, you know, think injuries happen um, guys can just lose interest. You know, you could have a brilliant idea in your head that's amazing on paper, but it doesn't work out in execution or for whatever reason. Sometimes your fault, sometimes the talent's fault. Sometimes the crowd just don't react the way you thought they would react. Especially when you you uh, you, you you hear those storylines on the rag sheets, like man, if they only did this, it'll write itself. This is what everyone wants, and then uh, once in a blue moon, they get what they want, and they're like, "Boo!" <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But going back to going back to the thought process, though, is it really? It works with the um, the, the rag sheets, as they refer to, because the entire point of the rag sheets is that um, the writers have somebody on the inside feeding them information, correct? Yes. Correct. And don't forget, we got to acknowledge the fact that most of these writers are not true writers. These guys are just like fucking, and I'm going I'm, I'm to use this word selectively. I know you don't like it, but a lot of these guys are marks. And well, writers, the thing about that is that everybody's a mark. Well, well, whether, no, I whether get you're that. a fan, a, a wrestler, the the owner, every everybody, you wouldn't be in on this, in on this this whole profession if you weren't at some key point in your life or currently, right, right, you know, but a, that, that, a huge fan. Well, my, well, I'm not referring to a mark as a huge fan. I'm referring to the mark that you don't like, that we don't like. Um, they're they're inexperienced and they they want to pass themselves off as journalists. Every every story they end uh, write ends with, but only time will tell, or and, or I can't quote who told me this, or it's you know I heard Kevin Sullivan talking to a guy at a urinal by a guy that was standing next to that guy that uh, or um, it, it's it's terrible journalism. It, it's 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 not journalism. It's 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 basically uh, uh, what was that it's old drive old fucking by rag? journalism? That's what my mom always said. It's drive by journalism. Wonderful. I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, it, yeah. it's like it's it's like uh, the fucking Weekly World News and shit. Like you know, Bat Boy lives in a cave, and we got the photo of him, and it's you know, it, it's 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 like that. Um, I, I ever since you told me that quote, I. I I I can only read the, the headlines and I look at it and I'm like, why did I ever click any of this? 
And then why am I now reading the, the, the headline that they want me to click on before eight pop-ups show up? And, um, or we, we hear something about like, um, uh, what, a fired guy that used to be important is saying. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, I guess what I'm getting at here is my theory as an experienced journalist. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. I think this might be the beginnings of the greatest work of all time. It's definitely plausible. You know, it definitely could be the next version of Brian Pillman. Because the thing about it is, is for the last year, they've been talking about, oh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are on one side and Cody's on another side. They mm-hmm. don't get along. They don't talk. They don't do storylines together. They haven't done storylines together since the inception of AEW. Not like, since a lot of times it's it. people talking about you know, they've been they've been talking this whole time, but they've been doing this the entire time. They're just they're looking for people are looking for clues. And therein lies the interest. Because, you know, there's another interesting quote, I can't remember who I got it this one from. I think it was actually Raven, but the uh the smart marks are the easiest ones to fool because they think they're in on the joke. Oh, you know, everybody, Ooh. everybody, you know, looking at these rag sheets, they want They, they want to believe so badly that there's dissension. They want the story. They want the behind the scenes gossip. They want, they, they want the juice. So they when they see something that interests them, they latch onto it. And they share it, and it spreads like a disease. You mean like? Uh, never mind. I won't bring that up. You know, but stuff like that happens. You know, freaking. You hear, you hear some crazy story that, like, oh, this person's got this person's got heat backstage, or Vince McMahon is high on this guy, or uh, hates oh, Keith Lee. No, Cody's freaking. Cody doesn't have a contract. Yeah, that was two weeks ago. That's suspicious. That was Mm -hmm. suspicious. That was suspicious. And and the reason why I'm getting all hyped on this, because I'm a smart mark that thinks that he's on the joke, is this was an hour-long conversation you and I had, like, right when we hit the the back roads out of fucking Amarillo, Mm -hmm. was you you brought it up. What if it's – what if this – the Triple H thing, it's a work? And – and we we were just spitballing, man. And we, we, we were yeah, we were we were just talking crap on a freaking eight hour car ride. Yeah, yeah, but 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 even then, I we were getting in the elevator today, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that conversation. And I think about Tony Khan being the guy that like you know has folders and you know, notebooks full of like this happened on this day when the sun was in the sky over here, and I was wearing this shirt, and these moves were executed. Uh, if he had had the same thought and said, uh, decided to take AEW to the next level, where they superseded uh, whether or not it was a work or a shoot and got to the um, – there is a – what is that term? Uh, I learned it when uh, Nine Inch Nails did Year Zero. Uh, Year Zero came out and the 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 commercial for it was uh, – a uh, couple, there are kids in the back during a road trip, and basically the hand of God comes out of the sky and it 
makes this giant boom, and then all of a sudden the, the, the camera goes out. And then it has all these links to um, – it, it's, it's like a fake uh, – a, a fake world like you're not playing Dungeons and Dragons but it's like you're playing Dungeons like it's as if you were able to read a transcript of people playing Dungeons and Dragons as they were doing it but they were pretending it's the real world and and uh, God, I can't remember that fucking term man but that's how Reznor marketed it and had fake websites all like connected to, it, it was a user experience thing like He's big about the presentation of his art, and if and if Khan thought on that high of a level in terms of storytelling to supersede Marks, knowing the rag sheets, knowing the guys backstage that are saying shit they shouldn't be saying, and decided to take things to the real world level where you where it's blurring the the boundaries, where you and I know, like you said earlier, uh, Tony. Um, yeah, he's got two different shows on, on this network or in its affiliates. And two weeks ago, yeah, he doesn't have a contract. I remember seeing that headline. I didn't click it. I said, I don't want to read that. And now they're just poof, gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the thing, you know. We don't know. Maybe, maybe that's completely 100% what's going on. Maybe he shows up at the next pay-per-view and like, ha-ha, I got you. That, that's I, that's the whole joke. Maybe maybe he shows up at WrestleMania and he wrestles freaking Kevin Owens. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, man. Right now they're saying uh, they're trying to develop a a Kevin Owens match with uh, Stone Cold. Yeah, and if that happens, uh, if if we even get a whiff of it, we're on our way to Dallas. But um, I was going to say but, it's uh, that close. <laughs> yeah, we're we're, we're on our way to Dallas. I've done it before. Yeah, we, we, we can do that. We, we do nine and with. With minimal pit stops, um, but uh, I want to get back to the superseding what we're what we're used to. If Tony Khan is thinking of something higher consciousness to supersede and blur the lines to really go that far and scare us like that, like I was talking to my buddy Tom about it, and I'm like, put the fear of God in me that there might be some like you know, because AEW, like in my mind, is like the best thing that ever happened to me other than peacemaker. Um, but, uh, if they can, if they can blur the lines of reality that way for the first time, I mean, like we were talking about Pillman, man, that, that was some crazy shit, but this is, this is like more the, their, their, the roots are being ingrained on things that we would believe. Like who knows? Only well, time that's, the, that's the thing, you know, you remember when the, the Pillman thing was going on, you know, we were all kids. Like that oh, wasn't, yeah. That wasn't <laughs> something we were tuned in on, you know. All I knew, I, I remember the Pillman gun angle with Austin. Yeah. And freaking, I think years later, I saw the match with him and Jushin Liger in WCW. And freaking, you know, Pillman wasn't, Pillman was something that I was really someone I got into more as a late teenager adult, you know, to be there at that time to like, if you were a 20 something year old, some, a super fan at the time, like involved, like watching WCW, watching ECW, watching WWF at the time, you know, 
that that would have blown your mind because that yeah. was one of that that was a masterful plot by a brilliant man, especially utilizing the egos of wrestling and utilizing freaking Bischoff's you know desire to be number one to get what he wanted, which was a bigger deal with the WWE. You know, Pillman was a genius. You know, could uh, like you hear that all the time these days about guys playing companies for bigger contracts. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I you know they talked about Cody openly talking with WWE month, a month ago. To, of course, he was because you know whether he planned on going back or not, he was able. You know, if he you know if they're willing, if, you know, if he comes back and be like, you know, I want this amount of money. But WWE is willing to give me this amount of money. Yeah. Now, what are you willing to offer me? And I've got a baby now. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's the thing. You know, that's of course he of course he freaking talked. You know, he's a businessman. Why wouldn't that's that's been his whole joke the entire time ever since he left WWE the first time. He was the former WWE superstar that dressed the part that looked the part that acted pretty the part true. pretty true yeah. of being this. He, he was, his gear was nicer than everybody else's. He was in really good shape. He carried himself like a superstar at he was always all times. Yeah. You, know, you see, like we've had this conversation personally, you know, you talk about the thing with the bullet club and the young bucks and Kenny Omega and how they were able to make their names was utilizing the internet to bring you into their world. Correct. That that's a huge thing, you know. You were you were you felt like you were a part of something if you bought the shirt, if you bought the pay per view, if you freaking you were supporting your boys basically. Correct. You know? With Correct. Cody, you don't get that. Cody Cody is a brand unto himself. Even American just Nightmare. the name you know, even just the name Cody, even just the name Cody Rhodes. Oh, just Cody, yeah, Cody totally. Rhodes. You hear, I, you hear yeah. Cody, and it's just you know exactly what you're talking about. Right he, now. Exactly. he signed, he signed his because uh, Brandy released her uh, spiel about them leaving yesterday. He didn't release his until today, but he signed it with the American Nightmare logo that's on the mm-hmm. back of my Bullet Club best with American Nightmare, but it's got Bullet Club on it. But it's still the same thing that's tattooed on his fucking neck. Yeah. yeah. That, that that's his fucking brand. Yeah, do you think is that bigger than uh, you know? Is that bigger than anything else? When he if if, if he comes back and like because I know there there Jericho was over with all he was done. Like I'm not going to be able to go back to WWE. Vince doesn't want me anymore uh, because I went and I wrestled and did this thing somewhere else on a competing brand when I wanted to and. We couldn't make uh, we couldn't get an arrangement, and he got butthurt about it. And well, uh, actually, well, and, 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 uh, Chris, you're, you're I might you're be kind of right. Okay, I'm just saying. Like, did Jericho is Jericho bigger than I'm going to go over there and work on that brand? You're not going to go rebrand these people. The American Nightmare, yes, is, and Cody and the American Nightmare, and I'm going to say Brandy are bigger than I'm going over to this organization and they're going to rebrand me or they're going to make me they're going to make me what was it, stardust again or something like that that's not going to happen no one one would think i would think they, I would they've think done that, it but. they've done it with other people so i mean i could see them bringing you know i could see them morphing them into it in six months if they wanted to just to they, they would 
you know, they made a whole big stink about getting each and every indie guy they could over yeah. the last since like 2011. Mm-hmm. You know, and how many, how many, some, some guys were able to slide in and keep their names. Some guys were able to keep a lot of what they were doing. Keith. But it was very rare. You know, even Keith Lee. Keith was, he became Keith Bearcat Lee by the time it was all said and done. They took yeah. away every. They took away every freaking thing that made him special. He wasn't. He wasn't the big guy that could fly. He wasn't. He didn't. He didn't have the the biker shorts. He had the singlet. He didn't have his music. They they took away a lot of what he. I mean, the, the whole joke with Adam Cole was that they were going to bring him up to the main roster, cut his hair, and sh- and change his name. Mm. Now again, whether that's that. true or not, freaking. You know, that's that's, you know, only X amount of people legitimately know whether that's true or not. But if it is. Like, again, they're taking away everything that made that guy special. You know? Well, I thought the I thought the whole gimmick with Vince was break you down and make you into the image he wants you into. Yeah. Uh, but but, but that, you're not. What, what is that? What has that done as far as creating new stars over the last 10 years? There's much, a re- there's a reason Brock's been on top since 2015. Because mm. their writers are shit and they can't get their shit together. Yes and no. They're presenting the product that they want to present. No more, no that's, less. That's a good point. And they're freaking. It doesn't mean they're garbage. It doesn't mean they're freaking. You know, they're they're. I mean, they're trying their hardest to present the product that they feel is marketable. You know, they're freaking, you know, you you can say they're garbage. You can say they're shit all you want. They're freaking record. They're recording profit highs. They've yeah. made a billion dollars in three months. Yeah. They're yeah, doing something. They're doing something right. Like whether, whether you like, I mean, whether the freaking, whether the show is made for guys like us or not. Somebody's <laughs> they're watching. making money. Somebody's watching it. It's crazy because they might be making it. all that money, but all of these – look, there are people – you guys are heavily invested. You guys are living the life too. But I know we don't all have time to sit and watch every hour of all of this wrestling content. And I'm lucky Shipping. if I get to listen to somebody breaking down what happened this week on this week's SmackDown or something – on YouTube while I'm getting a shower. Like, I don't have time for anything. And and they're all standing there. Every one of these other uh, existing wrestling culture concept, you know, online presences are all like, this shit is effed up over here. These guys don't know what they're doing. What the hell? How are they making this money? Is it t-shirt sales is it action figures is it merchandising because if we're not tuning in and ticket sales are way 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 down how is it that their metrics are saying we're going to keep pulling out the same tired old horse again and again and again and people are going to respond to it you know, man, I don't know what to tell you. The only thing I can tell you is what I see when I go look for AEW figures. Uh, yeah, the, there you go. I know what you're going to say. For, for the past two years, 
it's they're usually not there, but then again, uh, for the past like eight nine months, like uh, the Frankenstein, Scorpio Sky are always there, and the uh, Riho is always there. Maybe a Pac, mm-hmm. but uh, I do notice that the WB figures are usually different. There might be an old stray Braun Strowman that's all beat up that no one wants to buy because the card's all fucked up. Um, yeah, but uh, they're they're gone. They're, like, they're, they're selling. They're selling in. It is different, and I guess it's because they have. You know, it could be when you've got some old. I'm not saying these guys are old. I'm saying you've got a character that's not part of the current roster, and you've got characters and characters. They have the capacity to keep putting out plastic iterations of legacy personalities. You know, that aren't canceled. They that aren't. you know, they're not putting out Enzo Amore. They're not putting out Ric Flair anymore. They're not putting out whatever. But they can, yeah, you're right. They can put out all kinds of guys. They, they, they can. And, you know, they're now deep. that I think about it, I'm, I'm going to switch my stance on this the way uh, we reflect on comics. I don't know why I never thought about this like that before. But if it gets people watching wrestling, God bless them. Go for it. Yeah. If it gets, yeah, like... Man. That's one of the joys about wrestling is there's something for everybody. Some people, some people love AEW. Some people love Ring of Honor, Impact. Some people love WB. It just you know New Japan, you know freaking, you know, uh, yep. you know Game Changer Wrestling's doing some big things these days. Hell yeah, we get, they got the Sheik the other day. We took photos of her a couple months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and wow. you know that was just a. Uh, you know, the, my stance is just going to be now, if it gets people watching wrestling, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, D- that's, just the way it's always been. You know. Always but, been with comics. Yeah. I don't, think Did you like- yeah. I don't think we're sitting here hating on anything because it's... Uh, no. Uh, for, we, there's no we, we wouldn't sit here and hate on any of it. We, we've we're sat here in the past shit. and been like, they are screwing up over there. It's been boring. I don't even want to talk about it. Let's move on. But... I think that those sentiments are justified one way or the other. Uh, All I'm thinking is like when people ask me, what do you think of uh, Spider-Man 3? It doesn't really matter what I thought about Spider-Man 3. What matters to me is did it get you reading comic books? Are you reading comic books? Or even then, like if if it got you reading comics or, or watching more superhero movies, that's all that matters. Like like if it if it just advances the medium – God bless them, even if I can't subscribe. That's, I mean, that's yeah. going to be my stand. Well, that, you know. I mean, it was the same thing with Ms. Mar- with uh, Captain Marvel. I, I didn't care for it. I, yeah. I know people personally that that's their favorite Marvel movie. Okay, cool. More power to you. Good, good Shit, for you man, guys. Same, same thing with Eternals. Wasn't a huge fan, but I, you yeah, freaking, if you liked it, cool. I'm not. Cool. I, I, I watched it recently. I wasn't into it, oddly enough, and I'm into the cosmic stuff. And, uh, but I'm fascinated by one of the Lego sets and somebody finally on one of my Facebook groups posted a thing about that set. And I was like, okay, I'd spend that money. That, that looks awesome because there's other things I can do with that. And like, uh, you and Colin Jr. could build an even cooler fucking spaceship with some of the parts that you get from that. And <laughs> so, like, like all, all the good stuff, man. Like, uh, you know, th- this is a great conversation. I love that. Uh, everything we came from like eight different 
eight different perspectives and we landed on is it getting people watching wrestling yes then leave it alone yeah man yeah let people enjoy their shit always always just let people have a good time with their thing i don't I, I totally agree with that. I've never been one, uh, even even though, like, right now, like, I, this might be a perfect segue if you want to get into it, but... Do it! Uh, I mean, launching off on this, the one of the books I've got to cover this, this week is uh, at least from last week, probably two weeks ago, and it's, uh, it's an IDW Star Trek book, as if anybody else was doing Star Trek stuff. But it is a... Uh, uh, best of Picard collection, and that's obviously because Picard season two is coming out soon, which I'm not making a giant effort to promote or anything. I'm just saying so. Um, and there were episodes of that that I was so thrilled with, and other episodes that I was like, "Come on, you guys are absolutely missing so much the way you're writing this." But, uh, and I mean, that's what I'm saying. This book is obviously like a, hey, let's cash in on this while that's happening, or at least we're here to help promote it one way or the other. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're full of crap if you liked it, if you like that series. I'm going to watch season two, even if I wasn't super, even though I was 50-50 on the first season. But uh, the crazy thing about this book, it's a one-shot, and it's, like I say, it's a Best of Picard book. It has a beautiful, glossy, glossy cover. Uh, did you guys see the Ninja Turtles wrap around on the back side of this? The yeah, the Punk Frogs. That's awesome. Yeah, the Punk Frogs. Punk Frogs came out. Uh, that is the, super. That came out. That came out today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, this is actually there's only one thing in here that we haven't already covered because we covered the issue of the Q conflict. That's in this. We covered the Mirror Broken number one. These are Scott and David Two and three. books. Um, we covered the Picard number one issue that attempts to detail the pre. It's kind of a prequel to the Picard season. And then, uh, but what? What? So you know, like I say, we've covered them. But the thing that really got me in this uh, for what Did I you- ended up spending on it was. Uh, a DC original, and that still gets me. That IDW Old DC, yeah, IDW can reprint DC comics because they've got the license, and like that's, that's awesome. the same thing that's going on over in Marvel right now. They're like, okay, hey, we've got this, and we can reprint it or whatever. But uh, and you talk about characters jumping from one brand to another. I mean, you go in and you think about Howard the Duck getting ripped off out of Marvel, or you get like Angela ripped off out of. What is it? Image off of Spawn yeah. and stuff well, like that. Right. That's, 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 that's vice versa. If, if, if Steve Gerber pulled that ass one, yes, with with with, with Howard the Duck, mm-hmm. and then and then Neil Gaiman sat back and watched his lawyers. Like you, you'd think this hippie looking fucking old English <laughs> guy, like is broke as fuck. He's married to Amanda Palmer and uh, from the Dresden Dolls. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and make sure that McFarland doesn't fuck me in there? Okay, cool. We'll, we'll keep the litigation for a while. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, why don't you ask Gordon? Uh, no, it's mine. You know, fuck it. Sell to Marvel. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even write for Marvel. <clears throat> so this, this, the 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 issue I'm going to cover that's in this is like I say, DC Originals. It's Next Generation's first ever issue 
of comics. So this this was by Michael Jan Friedman, which that's awesome because uh, he's gone on to write many excellent Star Trek, other Star Trek properties. Off the top of my head, I think he's done some episodes, and I think he's done some some novels. Uh, it just occurs to me that that's probably the case. Um, and so the issue is called Return to Ramon Part 1. And it's really cool because uh, they're paying attention. This this would have been taking place. The first issue of Next Generation would have come out in 1988 in the second season of The Next Generation. And you can tell this instantly because they're, the uniforms are obviously from that era. And Catherine Pulaski, Dr. Pulaski's on the ship. And uh, you've also got the like the hairstyles and the early Riker beard, which was thinner and more put together. You know, uh, oh, I remember that beard. That was a good the, ass beard. The artistry, the illustrations in this are fantastic. Like, look at these panels. I don't know if I'm. I, I turned me off. I can't tell if you can see them. No, anymore. no, I can see it. I can see it. No, those are great. Yeah, like the 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 personality, the expressions. Like the look, the lighting, the angles they really on got, everything. They really got the early Riker that, uh, yes. goat, goat going yeah. on. But look, look at Worf right here. This cracks me up. Jordy and some random engineer that's not in the series are like watching Worf in the holodeck fight some cartoony monster, and he is definitely wearing like a one-shouldered like superhero singlet. And it's kind of funny. Looking uh, like Andre the Giant. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And they've even got Worf's appropriate season two hair down to a T. This is gorgeous, gorgeous work. It's just kind of the coloring. The coloring is a little weird in some places. Uh, but uh, And then you can tell, of course, this is like a scan of one issue. And that's something that DC was doing heavily. Uh, I don't know what it was off the top of my head. Oh well, uh, if it was a scan, no, 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 no before, before you too far. Yeah, this is something that, that intrigues me when I'm watching these. I'm reading these, uh, like things on the Marvel app, DC app, when uh-huh. I know that there's the, the that should have the dots, right? Um, the the dots, the dots are gone, and but it's like full color, and I can, it's like I can tell where they were trying to uh, add extra shading as best they could because, like, you know, the same problem that uh, Stanley had with not making the Hulk gray, or he was trying yes. to make it green uh-huh. at first, and it, like the the color problems they had to fight with. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Like, yeah, the, yeah, there's the, some, yeah there, there's, it's not the best iteration. It's like it's yeah, this is just clean. an archival issue, you know, like yeah, something like, like that. It, <laughs> They digitized it, and uh-huh. you know the, the, the dots are gone. Oh, these like, are all dots. The dots. These are all dots here. Oh, you can see. Oh, okay, they can see oh, that I, part. Yeah, there. I can tell. Uh, I mean, I've got the physical copy here, but like, dude, yeah, for real. I know that that was a complaint because it's a question of like, it's a copy of a copy. It's not. It's not the original one, and then you get. I know that. I know that our friend Matt, who owns uh, or co-owns Speeding Speeding Bullet in Norman. Uh, with his wife Annette, they, I mean, Matt, Matt has an excellent, uh, online presence and he was, he, I'm trying to remember the details of it. it. It's not something I thought about early. This just came to mind while we're discussing this. I that, still read the speeding bullet bulletin that comes oh, yeah. out every Wednesday. 
I think it was one of those in particular because he was more or less complaining that the D the transfers that DC was doing into some of their like big collected editions. And somebody who knows more about this is more than welcome to chime in on this on any of our on in any of our internet footprints. But um uh, that the the transfers were imperfect, and that in certain places that they'd gone in and tried to clean them up by filling in some of the problem spots, thus you even further lose the original uh, like Feel the point, the, the original intent of the colorist the or the or the anchor or whatever the illustrator. Because, like, a shadow becomes a gigantic thing that covers so much of the page. And what's worse is that that print on the page collects your fingerprints so bad. Like, it gets to the point where you're spending $50, $75, $125 on this amazing hardback, and you've got fingerprints in the whole thing, and just because of the the condition of the paper. Dude, that's horrible. So Yeah, the archival you know, museum quality paper is gorgeous. It smells delicious, but then when she touches it, it's like touch it. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. screwed up that that's the way it is. Anyway, the story is fascinating. Uh Picard is invited to a world he visited way back when he was a not captain, but still an officer on the Stargazer, and he made friends with the Patriarch, who is the leader of this world that has mining rights with the Federation. And uh, he's like, yeah, it's really treacherous down there. These people are very treacherous, but they're honorable. They're just, they're really into intrigue and court life, basically. Uh, And Riker is really putting up a fuss about him beaming down there by himself. And he's like, it's a party. It's okay. Like, come down with me. You should check this out. And it's mainly because the society, they have their their funeral for somebody as a party before they die. And then after they die, they're just like, okay, you know, that's it. And, uh, so that's what he's there for. And then, uh, there's a relationship he struck up. Like, it sounds weird to say this, but a five, when he was there before a five-year-old girl of this alien species, like just loved him and thought he was the coolest guy in the world. And so now she's all grown up and, it automatically gets a little weird, like, oh, yeah, no, I was totally in love with you as much as a little girl can be. And I'm like, that's messed up, but all right. Uh, but that's where it stops, because this is the first issue of the long-running TNG book. Um, and uh, it's just reprinted here. And authentically, I've gone to so many places and seen these secondhand TNG books and thought, like, maybe I'll start reading this. But it's just so, so many of them seem so out of character with the theme of the entire television series, that it's hard to want to pick them up and explore that. Unless you just have a spare hundred bucks and it's like, yeah, I can pick up the first, you know, 50 issues or something or whatever if you find it in a cheap bin. But like, conversely, I've been picking up original series, feature films era. uh, Well, We'll change your mind on that when we finally get you on the hunt with us. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like I say, I've been picking up the Kirk and Company movie-era DC books, and uh, I've stopped short of buying an issue one because I feel like I have it somewhere. It's just buried in a... In one of my one of my long boxes uh, that I don't have free access to. But, um, you know, ultimately, that's a thing. 
One of the best parts for about the past two weeks is that I end every single night reading a chapter of the Darkman novella, reading one of the comic oh, books. Yes. Because I finally, I got it in the mail yesterday. I finally have a complete Darkman set. I have all of the original yeah. comic books. I've got the graphic novella. I've got the DVD. I've got the fucking VHS. And I got the fucking Blu-ray in the mail yesterday, man. Like, I am. I, the, 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 the only thing that would complete this is if it was uh, a Hot Wheels set. Like, like, uh, like, like I just, I just want to have Ash's card. Like, it would be Darkman card, but it would say Ash's card in Darkman. <laughs> sure. Yeah, because uh, 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 what's Raimi's brother's name? Ted um, yeah, Ted was uh, Ted was driving Ash's car. He that was the henchman mobile. Yeah, right. In, in, in Dark Man, man. I have it, a Lego set. Rad. I have a Lego of that car because it's it's a, a Plymouth car that was. Uh, is it no? Maybe it's a Pontiac. But either way, no, it's uh, I think it's a Plymouth. Keep talking. I'll look yeah, it up. It is. Uh, it is created and. In in a Spider Man Lego set from two thousand one, the burglar chase scene. Uncle Ben's car. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Old Mobile Delta eighty eight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're all wrong. <laughs> it was close enough, man. We were all wrong about the fucking uh, uh, Sister Night car oh, in yeah, uh, Watchmen. Dude. That was. A Did I tell you about car, that, dude? Yeah, that car was awesome. Like. Remember, I was like, it's, it's a souped-up Cadillac. No, I am absolutely correct. Sister, uh, Knight, Knight's car. It is a, oh, dude, uh, Regina King's um, son committed suicide two weeks ago, man. No way. Yeah, that was pretty oh, bad. That's yeah. terrible. Sister Knight's car in the Watchmen. It's a it's it's an actual. It looks like a souped-up Cutlass to the untrained eye, but it is actually where is it? Wow, getting a lot of bad hits here. We're. Uh, I'm not getting anything that I want. But uh, original <laughs> version of this original version of this car I read sold for two hundred eighty thousand dollars last month. Wow. It's a very it's it's an actual supercar, but it looks like a Cutlass. Like like not supercar like Lamborghini. I'm talking more like a uh, uh, muscle car. Yeah, totally, totally. Muscle car and um, goddamn. Yeah, we still can't figure out how Watchmen's in the fucking... I, I've been thinking yeah, about it. Watchmen in, in the media attention so much lately? I mean, there's the Ukraine. There's what's going on in China. Um, 2021 Cadillac Escalade, apparently. No, 2021 Cadillac. <laughs> that's what it says. It's not a 2021. <laughs> that is definitely... A, that's an 80... It's got to be like an 88. It's a... It, it's, it's one of those brands that got absorbed by like Pontiac or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Killer car, that is. Uh, Killer car. I mean, like, what What a better what better of a car to, like, store in a fucking Ku Klux Klan fucking laden 
uh, redneck if, piece of shit fucking trailer park. And if there was a, tr- a better car for that, it would have been uh, Denzel Washington's car in Training Day. That was a good ass car. That car was badass, and I don't even know what that it, one was. I think it was a. You know, if it, if it if if it had been Americans after him, they would have pulled him out of the car and shot him afterwards, <laughs> not emptied. You know. A bunch of magazines into that car. Like, hold on, hold on, that's a good car. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's just blow the wheel out, pull them out. One of us can limp that one on the way home without his fucking mask. But uh, before we get anyway. too far out of at hand here, uh, you, you've been yes, you, you constantly, constantly build really kick ass sets of uh, the Star Trek cards. Uh, oh, what what is the official title of the cards? Um, I mean, it was the, initially it was the, in 1994, it was the Star Trek, the next generation customizable card game, but, uh, the expansion, they had two expansions and then nothing happened with it for a handful of years. And then after Star Trek first contact came out, they finally introduced new persona versions of the crew, gave us the enterprise E and then introduced the Borg as an affiliation that was playable. Uh, so you had the Romulans, the Federation, and the Klingons, and then you had non-aligned characters that anybody could play, and then you suddenly had the Borg, and that was a big deal. Also, there were time travel elements. Suddenly, it was just it blew up. Um, this is the Decipher first edition card game I'm talking about, and then they eventually did several, several more uh, uh, expansions. And the thing that a lot of people that I'm uh, uh, friends with online are excited about right now is this crazy set of eBay auctions going on. Somebody posted, uh, and by the time this this goes to air, this will have been done because I think the I think the uh, earliest auction ends in like twenty two hours right now. But um, the crazy thing is that there are two expansions of this game that came out really really late. There was a expansion of the Enterprise series cards, which it was just super limited, and they were all foil cards. So I remember seeing that it came out and ordering them and having to wait forever for them to show up, and it was like 25 bucks. So the price on a full set of that has gone through the roof now because collectibles, now- like everything else in COVID, have just jacked up. But the last set they ever did was the All Good Things expansion. And it was just supposed to tie up a bunch of loose ends. So all of these auctions have one or two of those cards sprinkled in. And they went up. Dude, I was afraid of buying those cards when they were $8 and $11 in 2008. They'll go for $125 now. Didn't you find a couple of boxes of those during COVID at like a at like a big lots or something? Yeah, like that? something like that. There were there were these Ollie. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but there are these like factory buyout located like stores and stuff like that. There's one called Ollie's, which happens to be nationwide now, and uh, it started on the East Coast. We saw people start posting. They're like, "Holy crap! I just went to an Ollie's in a place right by me, and uh, they had." The Mirror Mirror expansion. And we were and everyone was like, What? That's insane. And so uh then they started appearing farther west across the country, and we were like we just lost our minds. So there were brand new factory sealed decipher 
mirror mirror expansion boxes and they were going for seven dollars or eight dollars each so i bought a bunch and i cracked them open just ripping up packs looking for the ultra rare first officer spock mirror universe card and got one and then like a few weeks later uh another set trial or trials and tribulations came out which made made sure i finally got a dr mccoy ultra rare after all of these years so I've been able to complete those sets, and now I'm just like, yeah, I want to get at least one of every single card, and that is still looking like a $1,000 proposition, uh, because some of the some of the all-good-things cards that I bought, like I say, in 2009 were really cheap by my standards now, uh, and I should have got them when I could, because like I say, they're going for over 125 bucks. some of them. Tell me you're recording my voice too, because my thing was not recording. Oh yeah, of course. I've got uh, cool. yeah, I've got the uh, computer going into my recorder, and I've got uh, me going into it as usual. All right, all right, cool. I'm going to stop recording then, because it's not going to make the point to sync it if you got yours synced already. Well, just keep in mind that we're an hour in, and and yeah, uh, you can you can remember that that's where it is. I'm turning you up a little just to make sure you're good. But anyway, yeah, yeah it's we, been a crazy I, thing looking at these prices go through the roof on these auctions, and I'm very excited to see where it goes. I know we all have collectible things that we're interested in, and uh, um, uh, it's just fun to see those things realized. In fact, I saw something I need to get for you today based off a conversation we had, so I want, to, I want it to be a surprise. I don't want to – like I'll have to go pick it up in OKC on Friday when I'm back there. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, just to just reflect on the uh, the places that we go, um, you go to Speed and Wilmington and Chance and Norman. Where are your places in Tulsa? Um, I mean, right by me, there's a Wizards Asylum. Uh, I have a long relationship with those guys when I was picking up Hero Clicks all the time, but they have so. They used to have a big singles case, a big glass case of singles for Hero Clicks, and. I would go in there and I'd get a new brick of the of the series when it came out and then I would then I would occasionally pick up singles for dudes who were in my gaming crew and uh I'd be like yeah I can get you one of these or whatever but um you know it was different things that you know different people at different levels of affluence What uh, about in Stillwater? What about in Stillwater? Stillwater is still like it's because it's so hard for me to get to Norman and go to St- Speeding Bullet uh, and of course, this goes way back to my childhood. Is working with my my friend Darren, whose whose uh, comic book store in Stillwater on Perkins Road is uh, Legendary Comics. And I always go in uh, and I visit with his buddy Mark, um, who is pr- typically running the place uh, on a de- on the day to day. That place is fantastic. In Tulsa, I also like going to uh, Mammoth Comics up on Eleventh. That's a great store. Um, And the neat thing about all of these vendors in my state is that despite the fact that they're spread out by hundreds of miles, they all have a relationship with one another. Uh, They're typically friends and uh, they go way, way back. You know, like I've never been in in OKC. Um, I occasionally hit up All Star. It's not it's not the same store that it used to be. I think that their back issue collection is drastically reduced. Um, and, uh, I mean, I see comic book stores open and close or not necessarily open and closed. It's just 
Like, there's one right by where I am all the time in OKC, and I can't get there because they just don't happen to be open. I tried to go by there yesterday, and they've got limited hours. I think that's just a COVID world thing. I used to go to, what, Dragonfire, I think, way back. Uh, yeah. New Tony, World. Uh, New World was a good store. Tony, uh, who do we hit up in here in the Springs, man? We had to put them yeah. over. They take. Yeah, they they, they always took go the, with Eds off of Powers and Eds number one Summer parks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys are always good. You know, Eds is amazing. Freaking, uh, you know, Muse up on Academy is always really good. Kapow is cool, but they got a uh, like you said, limited hours. Mm-hmm. Freaking um, Vans. Vans is good. Vans is Vans is really good for back issues. Freaking, they've always got some cool stuff on the wall. Freaking, uh, you know, boys over at Escape Velocity are always good for a laugh. Oh, those they, boys at Escape Velocity, man. I, I like, <laughs> like, my favorite part about going to Escape Velocity, other than getting, like, robbing the place blind, like we did last time. <laughs> like, like, Jesus Christ, how many comics did we walk out with last time? It was ridiculous. I legit walked out with 20, probably. Yeah. It was, I, I, it was a buy one, get one free weekend. Yeah, we had the, we never missed the BOGO, which, by the way, minefielders, if you're here in Colorado, uh, Escape Velocity right off of Bijou and Tejon, uh, you know, make sure you got some quarters in your pocket for, for parking. And God bless you if you find a place, but uh, make sure you uh, walk <laughs> down your way down uh, Morales Valley, uh, Valley uh, no, Alley. Alley. Alley, where we always film because there's like eight different like maybe 13 maybe 50 different spots to film uh where we do our promos um but you'll end up at escape velocity and uh the wonderful people there are just the nicest people i mean like talking with the owner about how pissed off he is still to this day where he got back from the navy in like 1986 and found out his brother blew up his uss flag with a bunch of fireworks but who didn't hear that story? <laughs> but couldn't really be mad at him because it was the '80s and fireworks were that readily available to blow up your fucking GI Joes, which I personally done. <laughs> like, 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 and and then uh, them making sure we we left with a deal. But yeah. like, uh, like the 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 dude uh, with all the crazy ass tattoos. Um, yeah, was his name Chad or something? I can't remember his name. Uh, but he's he's a, he's a very nice guy, and he made goddamn sure we got the best deal for Bogo, even though we had a bunch of random shit. And um, yeah, I, I rated the fucking uh, uh, Overstock, and I got mm-hmm. seven of the twenty-two of uh, X of Swords I don't have, and. Of course, I found some old school ash issues, and um, uh, what was the other one? Uh, the the fourth wall guy. Oh, ambush bug. Ambush bug got original ambush bug issues. Not first appearance, but um, then we got uh, uh, we we mentioned vans, uh, Kapow. Oh yeah, no, I love Kapow. Kapow, uh, they've got some some amazing art. They've got some freaking cool toys. They've got a bunch of amazing stuff on the wall. They've got back issues. They got the dollar. They they probably have legitimately the biggest dollar rack in Colorado Springs. 
You know, 100%. And they also have an uh, a, a original James O'Barr uh, Crow inked drawn on the fucking wall. Mm, that's but, awesome. Yeah. And um, uh, send us, tell us where we go in uh, Lubbock and Amarillo. Like, yeah, freaking, you know, Lubbock we, or Amarillo, we always had a Big Apple, which is easily the best, uh, best place for back issues in town. Freaking, those guys are amazing. We'll hit up uh, All Star Comics. All Star Comics in Lubbock is really cool. Unknown. So find that other one. We haven't, we haven't been to that one yet. And then Unknown yeah, and Amarillo is also. They're awesome for freaking currents, and they've just got a a plethora of amazing, uh, amazing statues. toys and whatnot. Statues you can get. Uh, great D and D selection too. Uh, Pathfinder, Pathfinder as well. Uh, like even they even sell the paints. If you, if you want to buy the little figurines, I, I I thought I was amazed by the, that they were selling that as well. And then don't forget um, also um, we passed it because we were actually trying to be on time, even though we're still late. Uh, over that was all stars. No, no, we passed All Star, but on the way, um, on the way, like a mile down the road, we passed the Half Price Books. And Half Price Books, it was on, it was on the right. I mentioned it for a second, and it was like two minutes away from where we were because we were trying to get there as fast as possible. Half Price Books, so we were already at three hours, or we we're already two hours late. <laughs> yeah, Half Price Books. I was with Colin. When I found my Watchman number one for seventeen dollars, <laughs> and I got, and I got my Goon one through like twenty nine or thirty in a mystery bag, I could tell that the first issue was I could see it through the through the bag, and I could see twenty nine on the other side. And I'm like, I think this is the whole bitch, and I paid off. Sure Just enough. take take the chance on your locals, guys, because they'll take they'll oh, take yeah, chances absolutely. on you. We'll take chances on you. How many, like, remember, like, how nice was Ed when, when, uh, I'm like, yeah, I haven't been here in a while. I had to, you know, save some money for my new place and, and I'm uh, buying some posters and I was buying some comics. And, uh, he's like, yeah, take all the posters. Just take them. Decorate your, decorate your studio. Yeah. He could have charged me. He could have charged me. I've got a righteous thirst for fucking vengeance poster. Like, I'm going to hold on to that forever. Saga. Don't forget my amazing She-Hulk poster. I've heard about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Becky Cloonan was telling me about it one time. Uh, dude, I got to Andy about that. Can you get Becky <laughs> on the show? I guess I could you say the, there's one other store I like to visit in Tulsa, which is more of an art gallery than anything else because it's tons of high-grade... Uh, you know, key issues and first appearances and stuff like that. Um, it is Shadow Mountain Comics at 61st and Sheridan in, in Tulsa. And uh, right next door is an incredible uh, toy store uh, whose name escapes me off. The, but uh, I've mentioned them before in the show. I will come up with it. Uh, yeah, that place is fantastic. But just having those two places right next to each other are really, really good. <clears throat> We better start talking about some comics, guys, man. I want to tell you about Scorch number two. Uh-huh. But before we get to Scorch number two, uh, I want to get straight into some meat and potatoes. It's not going to be a five-course meal. It's going to be a ten-course meal. 
<laughs> went straight to the straight to the juice. Let's go to Nightwing, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nightwing's been uh, Nightwing continues to be excellent. I cannot remember a team up that I enjoyed so much. I mean, Batgirl was awesome, but that wasn't really a team up because we're already like Bat Family. Yeah. Um, yeah, or, or remember how we were bitching like that? Um, Darkhawk didn't need fucking Miles Morales. Like it, it, it did not need Miles. Like, like give him his own awesome. It was still <laughs> really awesome. That. Daredevil didn't need uh, Fantastic Four and Iron Man. That one issue, yeah. Oh, dude, we, we're still pissed about that. That still pisses me off. But, but, but this team up. I mean, like, take the take the fucking reins on this one, brother. Yeah, no, we've got a. Uh, we start off with the Batplane. Uh, it says then, then Batman and Nightwing are going into a cave, and we just hear Batman saying like, "Be cautious." And we see these two red lights zoom past the dynamic duo. Lasers. And blazers. <laughs> and we see uh, Nightwing being like, you know, he, he's hiding in a cave and a giant bat just showed up. He, and Nightwing has him and Bruce both take off their mask. And we're, yeah. we're not quite sure what's going on. But, you know, from the cover, we should know what's going on. And we've got Nightwing being like, hey, it's OK. You know, there's nothing to be scared of. You know, when I work with your dad and we see Jonathan Kent. Kid L. Yep. Kid L just in the back (laughs) of this uh, cave. And he's like, hey, it's good to meet you. And then we see Batman with no mask freaking be like, hey, we found him. And Superman just is there. Next scene. And we see his dad, you know, John's just like, I'm sorry. We see Superman just hugging his kid. You know, just, just happy okay. that he's okay. You know, we see this this funny little joke where uh, Nightwing pulls a uh, a lollipop out of Batman, one of Batman's many pa- pouches in his utility belt. Apparently, the whole joke is it's right next to his uh, smoke bombs. <laughs> so he's they're just making <laughs> jokes funny. that one day he's gonna pull out a smoke bomb. <laughs> and he's gonna be looking for, and, and he's gonna be looking for a lollipop, or vice versa. The lollipop at the Joker. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a great moment. The Joker really wouldn't know. That's that's hilarious. Like, yeah. if Batman did some goofy thing like that, the Joker would take a step back and be thrown off his game long enough for Batman to nail him. Like an actual like effective heckler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd play a joke. On the Joker. Some silly but business I like that. Certainly get down on this dum-dum. It's a mystery flavor. We never know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mystery Maybe that's dum-dum. the whole joke because he's got the freaking he's got a lollipop that you know is like a poisoning agent that just kind of stiffens you up and you're stuck. <laughs> yeah, some silly never know. I love it. But yeah, you know, and then we come to the current day where Jonathan's talking to a a ver, uh, a crystal. Uh, however, they talk to the crystals in the Fortress of Solitude, and it's not really his dad he's talking to, but a computerized version that knows how to answer every question. Hmm. And he just realizes it's just, you know, it's not the same as trying to talk to his dad. You know, we end up back in Bloodhaven. 
and Nightwing is waking up next to Barbara. Oh, that was my favorite part. <laughs> and we see a, uh, a robot hey, hold, coming hold, from... Hold, hold on, hold on. We rewind for a second. Next to Barbara, Babs wearing her Teen Titans official uh, Cartoon Network logo uh, <laughs> shirt, no bra. Now that now the no bra thing and not being like sleazy on this, I just I just love the fact that they're together. It's it's one of the best parts about it to me is that him and Babs are a hundred percent all fucking in, taking care of each other, uh, calling each other on their bullshit, and uh, what 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 they say like uh, I just woke up and a robot is uh, is petting our our dog. Something along those lines, yeah. Bite wing, the most badass fucking dog in all of fucking history. Bite wing, you bite wing, <laughs> bite wing. Okay, his real name's Haley. Haley, he, go, he goes by Bite Wing. He's got three <laughs> legs, three legs, and he's a badass. And there was a whole issue uh, where Bite Wing got dog napped, and it was all about. Give me back my fucking dog. <laughs> that was that was actually my favorite issue, like uh, of, of Nightwing in terms of form, artistic wise. Uh, but still, they stole they stole Babs and, and Dick's fucking dog, and you're gonna fucking pay. <laughs> well, yeah, no, uh, the robot's here to let Dick know that uh, Jonathan needs to talk to somebody. He needs guidance, and you know they're you know she's like you know you better go you know Superman, and he's just like Superman asked me to watch over his kid, and I need to do it, and she's like I got you, and the best part here like legitimately is him standing up, and he's got freaking Batman freaking pants PJs. on, he's got Batman PJs that he's wearing, and he's like you know I got to go do this, so I'll be back. And we see this uh, this other guy, this former member of the Teen Titans, called Risk, and he's running from these three superpowered beings. And apparently, Risk, who I personally am not overly familiar with, me either, is uh, invulnerable. But they end up drowning him in the lake outside of Bloodhaven. Yeah, they killed like three Wildesters on this book, right? Wireless, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. But yeah, and, us. Hmm? yeah. It was, it was just interesting. Like uh, it, it immediately uh, brought to mind uh, the the big fight scene in Man of Steel. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like these Kryptonians that can fly are just murdering people, but like, what they're only killing Teen Titans. Is am I correct on that one? Yeah. Uh, very much so. But yeah, and then we see uh, Jonathan meeting up with his uh, boyfriend. And freaking, you know, he's got he's to gotta run. He's got to meet somebody, an investor. And freaking, turns out the investor's Lex Luthor. <laughs> and Jonathan's all like, what? And then he's like, I'm just screwing with you, man. <laughs> gotcha. And he's just like, that's cruel. And he's like, I just wanted to see that look on your face. See, what confused me here was that Nightwing was going to go meet up with Jonathan, but he had to make an appointment first. But did he not know that Jonathan was the new, like, appointed Earth Superman now that Superman's off Earth? 
like because when when he's asking you know i'll invest in you but i don't want to see your face but uh you know we can't do that we get to protect our, our families and uh okay that's cool i gotta go somewhere else and he like takes two steps away and like superman let's go meet over here uh, yeah. I, I think I think that was all that was all planned. He he knew what he needed to do. He knew he had to play a role because he does the the. Um, I'm not sure what the boyfriend's name is, so forgive me for that. But uh, freaking the boyfriend doesn't know about Nightwing. He doesn't know who Nightwing is, so he had to play the role of the uh, the investor. So that way, it well, it didn't seem odd to set this meeting up. Because I'm, I'm assuming the uh, that Jonathan doesn't want to get his boy, you know, his boyfriend in too deep, to where you know he gets involved, you know, to the point where he could be a risk because of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, he they meet up. Freaking, he takes a couple steps back, and he ends up talking with Jonathan a little bit, and then we see former Suicide Squad members. Um, Boyfriend uh, is going. Gary and Wink show up. Boyfriend is going by Gossamer. Uh, just real quick, sorry. So Wink and who? Uh, Wink and the Airy. Yeah, because the Airy is. Uh, what's the uh, what's I'm trying to remember the term is. Neither, neither male nor em- female. An empath killed. An empath was killed in Brazil. That doesn't. Yeah, I don't. I think it's just. I think they're just killing supers. I don't think they're necessarily killing Teen Titans. Oh, Gossamer, Airy Wink. Yeah. Okay, she's got the uh, upside down, like kind of inverted um, slash expanded, like anarchy symbol. Copy that. But the the boyfriend is like going as Gossamer, head of the. Uh, yeah, that's I remember. I I know the guy's name. I just can't recall it right now. But I, I know that's an alias. Yeah, of course it is. Running yeah, a no, truth, they're, they're, so truth Super, right. Superman and Nightwing are just kind of going off about how these guys are killing supers around the globe, actually. And they need they need to find them before you know this one hit close to home because it's freaking. It's a Titan. Yeah. It's but, Titan. Uh, Superman is able to find a faint, strange energy, and they follow that straight to LexCorp. LexCorp Industries. Keep all hands and fingers and toes inside the elevator. Lex Luthor will so not Lex be Luther, responsible. as per usual, is a busy boy. The, uh... uh when it came to the art on this, I love how they utilize the old school pixelation dots digitally that we were talking about, uh, that we were bitching about earlier about uh, that they're removing from the digital copies to try to clean it up, if yeah. that makes sense. But they're using, they're using the, uh, the dot matrix, uh, not really dot matrix, but just the dots to shade in an old school sense, like the like uh, artistic form wise, to add to it, if you know what you're looking at, or you might not know what you're looking at, but they're they're using old school ways to tell a, a better story and show how invested they are. Because I mean, like 
you and I, you know, you're a DC guy, man. The fact that you don't know anything about these guys or even a hint or a whisper of these guys, then we, we might be looking at someone that, like, you know, might, might have been um, Nowheresville on issue 198 that was a reprint of a reprint from 30 years ago. Uh, the way that, like, did you, uh, I sent you, I know you're at work, so you probably can read it, but did you get the Red Dragon article? I sent you the name. I did get it. I haven't got a chance to read it though. I yeah. Was at work. yeah, yeah. You you were at work, man. Uh, I, I got. Uh, I'm not calling you out on it. I'm just saying that like they're they're showing the the original. Oh damn it! We're gonna brawl now, brother. <laughs> you we're gonna brawl, brother. <laughs> How dare you not read it? I'm so offended. I can't believe it. No, um, no. It's 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 uh, it, it it's all intricately designed to entice love of comic books it's all there and and uh my point earlier about uh team-ups was the absolute just overabundance of unnecessary team-ups like i wanted dark Horse to have his own book oh i know we all yes tell me let uh, this my I know we're talking about that, and I know that we're not talking about Darkhawk right now, but let me say. Yeah, we're talking. If you're talking about Darkhawk and you're talking about a new Darkhawk, the very first Darkhawk book, you were were what, two issues in or three issues in before he met Spider-Man. So the full circle thing of having a new Darkhawk meeting and interacting with a new slash different Spider-Man in its third or fourth issue, I just felt like that was serendipitous and appropriate. I really dug that. It, it was but fun. It was I fun. Get where you're coming but, from. There are a lot of team ups going on. Yeah, but this was this was Yeah, I'm gonna say serendipitous just just like you said, Tony, do you agree? Or I mean, did you have a lot of fun with this? Because I, I feel every time I read a team up book, I'm like, like the 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 guy that shows up is more popular, and that some dumbass in marketing thinks, oh, everyone's gonna want to buy this because Spider Man's in it. I've never been that guy. Yeah. Or saw an issue of a comic book and like, I don't want to read it. Well, wait, 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 this guy showed up, then I should probably read it. No, I've never been that guy. That that's it's, that's. It always depends on who, who the other guy is. Like I'm not, me personally, I'm not a huge Superman guy. So, like, if I'm going to read something with Superman in it, it's almost always going to be a team-up book. So, I, I'm I'm never opposed to it, per se. But, like, I like I definitely don't think it's, like, a, a cash grab kind of thing. Or, like, oh, this guy's sales aren't that good, so let's throw this character in there. I mean, it definitely is from time to time. <laughs> but, like, it, it it's just got to make sense for the story. Right. And it you know, made like, perfect sense in this one. Yeah, this one, this one worked out great. Because the whole joke is that, you know, Dick Grayson's always been a softer hand than Batman, than Bruce Wayne. You know, he's never been, Bruce Wayne's never been that guy to, like, slow down and, like, take care of kids. You know, that's always been Dick Grayson. That's why there's a Robin in the first place. I love the uh, the fact that it's involving Superman in the first place, just like you said. But from uh, how you educated me on the idea or the concept or the fact that Nightwing is Nightwing because Superman told him the old uh, Kryptonian tale of, of the uh, Kryptonian superhero night. What a great exactly. story. What a great concept, man. 
Uh, I, I, I was I, I just finished reading it today, and I had like an hour off the phone today uh, because it was just really slow. And I put on Batman Forever, and mm. it was just so ridiculous because like within the first ten minutes, like Chase Meridian like shows up in lingerie, throws up the bat signal, like where's the danger? Oh no, I just want to fuck you. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. the, 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 and like, I don't remember that. <laughs> like, I was a kid when I saw that movie. It's terrible. <clears throat> it's terrible. She's like, yeah, like she, yeah, she threw up the bat signal. Like, yeah, come up and plow me. And he's like, yeah, the bat signal is not a pager. I'm like, pager. <laughs> it like, and uh, and like all the little things that go on after I read a legitimately like a hundred dollar choice prime rib steak with like the, the best wine you can have paired with it. And then I'm watching the first five minutes of this movie and it's just like, it's like, uh, I mentioned, I mentioned to my friend at work, um, yeah, it's been dead. What you doing? I'm watching, uh, I mean my, uh, I made an enchilada. I heated up my enchilada and I'm watching Batman forever. She's like, that's stupid. And I'm like, no, it's just hilarious. Like, you forgot Batman was old and campy. But then uh, I, I couldn't wait to communicate to you guys how excited I am to talk about this Bat, uh, Nightwing comic book about how it's absolute meat and potatoes. It, like, like where, where if you had to spend, like, $20 to go to the theater and $20 for your snacks, but you, you're back in the day – but even in in regards to this Nightwing comic, we spent four dollars on a comic book that took us to heaven and back. It was a, a killer team up comic book. We got more character development when it when it came to uh, uh, what did I call him earlier? <laughs> Cal L. Senior, <laughs> Junior. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, like like it, it it like we get to know what the boyfriend's up to. It's not a cash grab. And like I'm always suspicious of that when they involve uh, uh, gay culture and uh, abusing it to get more readers. No, like they're developing everything. And uh, like I said earlier, like I, 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 I live alone, man. Like, but I'm happy that Nightwing's got Babs and Bloodhaven and Bitewing. Like it makes me happy. Bitewing. <laughs> I, I totally vicariously off that, man. So apparently the boyfriend's uh, name is Jay Nakamura. So I had to look that up, but Jay Nakamura. He's got the cool hair for it. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the scores real quick. Number two. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, in terms of team-ups, this is a team-up of... Uh, Man, like, I don't know how they landed on this, man. It's Todd, you know, McFarlane. And uh, Jessica Priest is not the assassin. I mean, like, it's so convoluted, even I'm confused about it, because they introduced Jessica Priest in the movie, uh, but then they introduced her in the comics within The Curse of Spawn, and, and eventually within the actual pages of Spawn as the one that actually killed Spawn because there was a huge fallout with Image Comics and Rob Liefeld because Rob Liefeld created Chapel within the pages of Youngblood, but uh, they integrated Chapel in the pages of Spawn as Spawn's uh, Al Simmons' like um, like teammate and is the one that killed him, and uh, that's when he got sent to hell. And 
Now, Jessica Priest is she spawn and she's all pissed off about her partner named Nyx that got killed within the pages of 300. And now she accidentally, without selling her soul, has a uh, Hellspawn costume. Mm. Uh, and uh, the Scorched is a team up of the new Redeemer, um, the anti spawn uh, for old school guys. Um, the first uh, Redeemer was a homeless guy. Uh, Spawn saved him and rescued him uh, within page of 32, which was the first appearance of the new Spawn costume, the giant gauntlets and the leg gauntlet and the torn up cape and the, the new toy that came with the, the Todd uh, chromium card. Um, then uh, Jason Wynn, his old boss from the secret part of the CIA, or they want to call it. And then there was one other guy, I can't remember who it was, but then now the new Redeemer that has been redeemed to us has been uh, exposed to us as Eddie, the the kid from issue, oh God, uh, when Spawn got dropped in his head in the South, uh, Eddie and his kid, his kid brother. Uh, it's the one where the uh, Spawn tattooed, I beat my kids on the uh, the guy's dad's body and he, Eddie had to kill his dad from beating his kid brother to death and he's the, the new blind redeemer but only spawn kind of knows it um we got um medieval spawn which isn't really medieval spawn it's the the guy that's been the tech guy that's been helping al simmons uh for the past two years uh got the helmet put it on comes medieval spawn i don't know how neil gimma didn't win medieval spawn but he got angela uh as well as Cogliostro, which is still in the pages of this book. I'd like to read that disposition. Um, And we've got um, Hillbilly Deluxe, uh, Spawn, uh, Cowboy Spawn, giant eight-gallon bucket hat, Cowboy Spawn. And um, they're going against these assholes in Russia. I mean, it's it's a little convoluted because it's it's all within the pages of – uh, King Spawn, Spawn, uh, the Scorched, and uh, Gunslinger Spawn, but it was a team of book that really got highlighted after we read the after I read um, the latest Nightwing is how they don't get along, but during battle, it, it's an action comic book. Like the, the, there's there's no there's no introspective in this it's an action comic book guys this is an 80s comic book of all oh, the biggest baddest awesome guys that don't get along this guy got hurt this bad but he still showed up and saved the day and then uh one of the two people they were trying to save got iced but you know we still got the one um it's an old school comic uh when it comes to when it, if, if it was the 80s if, if this if this was the 80s like it'd be Schwarzenegger, uh, this would be the Expendables mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. on style. Um, my 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 point, meat and potatoes on this one is that it is a killer fucking action comic book comic, guys. It is so much fun. It, it like it, Tony, we talk about it all the time when we're on way back from Lubbock is how fucking so many gripes that have when it comes to X Men, when it comes to the the, the <laughs> X Men actual X Men comic books 
are boring and they make it in this big giant like action style thing and the actual meat and potatoes is all the uh trial magneto uh many lives and deaths of x of of uh wolverine especially uh um the way of x um but they've got this like knockdown drag out killer thing that you're supposed to be like all about and then like you like you're watching raw but you find out that uh impact is way better yeah (laughs) but it's all the same brand and uh we get all this same characters and the artwork is absolutely on point it is beautiful it it is like we're when you you see someone's guts get blown out in robocop and you just want to pause it (laughs) they pause it special they pause it let's watch this shit happen unravel Mm -hmm. Plus, we got the the conspiracy. We got Jason Wynn back. Uh, of course, we've got Terry back. We've got the hint that they might be able to bring Wanda back uh, after her death, like fucking like ten years ago. Uh, they're giving us a lot of meat and potatoes and uh, some dessert and maybe a free dessert because our service wasn't that good. Because honestly, that's what spawn is. Um, that's the that's the best metaphor I got for this man, but it's a lot of fun. We're we're already like eight issues deep in King Spawn, and hey, just pick your favorite cover, man. And I gotta admit it out loud, I'm a variant guy. God damn. Oh, no, second Prince, second Prince. I'm not a second print motherfucker. Oh, don't you come guy. On. You love it. <laughs> no, I'm a variant guy. I'm a first print variant. Oh, oh, dude. You're that second print guy we talk about behind their backs. So me and Colin text about all day when we don't include you in our little, in our special text. That's right. Mm-hmm. I saw him buy a graphic novel and pass it off as a first print. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he pulled out oh, Weapon X Volume 8, some girl at a bar, and she was like, nah, dog. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was it was it was a lot of fun, man. Like That's why uh, he lives alone. Uh, don't forget how <laughs> monstrously ugly and not cool I am. <laughs> you were not you cool. It makes a trio of guys that are known for being not cool. Yep. If if this was wrestling, I'd be the guy like tearing off tickets at the front that was still expected to sell ten tickets before he was able to let in the show. About <laughs> the three. Uh, if we were too cool, Colin would be Rikishi. Let's face facts. He does have a hot ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just debating on which one's Scotty too hottie and which one's freaking Grandmaster Sexy. Sexy. Mm. Keep talking wrestling to me, baby. Keep talking. That makes me think. I've got to get this. <laughs> I've got to get this in the mail to you. You do recall this bad boy, right? Yeah, I need Aww. that. My yeah. big sexy fucking belt buckle. I need that. I am. Yeah, that needs to get to you. Yeah. All right. All right. They actually made that. Yeah, I told you you bought it for me. That like you showed it to him again. It's gorgeous. You I'm did. I just didn't know it was actually real. It was actually real. <laughs> it's oh, fine pewter. Horrible. NWO nineteen ninety eight World Championship oh. Wrestling at Time Warner Company. All rights oh, reserved. That is so bad. Dude, you have, you have you don't have any idea how much Lubbock pussy I'm gonna pull from that belt bucky alone. Gruesome. Like, like you're not gonna want though. 
dude, you're going to be like, why am I driving you to the free clinic today? And I'm like, I'm just going to point at the I don't know. You're you're taking the bus, homie. (laughs) You're going to Uber that. (laughs) You don't want the smell in the room. You don't want the smell in your car. (laughs) Ain't no little tiny oak tree. In the freaking uh, on my freaking <laughs> in the front of my car, gotta control that nonsense. You smell like Lubbock pussy. Get out of my car. How, how much time have I told you about Lubbock? No. <laughs> and I have believed you, and I've I've listened to you. For now. Animals. For now. Now, now, one of the things was is that uh, we were filming the. Uh, you were busy wrestling. But uh, happy, happy the clown and uh, monster and I were monster and I and I were filming the happy the clown peepee cam, where he was just shaking it and <laughs> and and jiggling it and monster dancing in the background and uh, I lean into happy. I'm like, man, Lovis got some hot fat chicks, and he's like, mm, mm. <laughs> Luckily, that wasn't caught on tape. I was pointing it in uh, another direction. It's happening on tape right now. Yeah, I want to take a note. Lubbock equals hot fat chicks. <laughs> Do not engage. <laughs> <laughs> That's just trouble. That's the definition of a horrible idea. Yeah, I mean, we still go there every two months, man. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, because I got belts to win, homie. You got belts to win, man. They, man, this one of the best parts. Like, Colin, man, the next one, next month, you got to go with this, man. You have no idea how much this crowd hates Tony. <laughs> dude, I would, dude, I, I would pay your way. I'm not even gonna lie, Colin. Yeah, I'll, like, like, I'll, I'll, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll go, go I'll half gas money. I don't care. Uh, uh, Tony and I will go half for the three of us to, to hang out in person, get a beer. You get a beer. We'll, 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 we'll meet up. We'll meet up in Amarillo. We'll leave your uh, your Nissan there at a uh, nice, safe and sound at our friend Lil's house, and uh, we'll all ride down to Lubbock, talk some shit, go to a few comic stores. But we will pay your way. <laughs> if we can make it work, I am totally like legitimately down. I'm 100% legitimate down on that one too. I'm gonna have to get fired from a lot more jobs and things that people expect me to do first. Dude, it's a fucking, it's a fucking Saturday. Tell them you got COVID and you're coughing. I'm teaching a class every Saturday for another month. Yeah, yeah. Tell them you got COVID and you got the runs and uh, (laughs) and dog sick. That's that's legitimately the freaking excuse I got from the new guy that freaking already put in his two week notice three days into working. Oh Jesus fucking Christ! My dog threw up and I need to watch him. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. As if dogs aren't constantly throwing up. Yeah. I saw a homeless guy throw up the other day that I didn't give two bucks to that I did have in my pocket, and I didn't go home late from work. Gruesome. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. No, we got to make this happen, man. Like, uh, it'll, like, it's going to, it's going to be a round run. If not March, then sooner rather than later. Yeah. If not March. Plus, uh, Rick hit me up about some big nuts we had to film. I don't know. We'll talk. We'll talk about that afterwards. Ha 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 ha. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got uh, like uh, Colin. Give us a uh, 
give us a breakdown on Devil's Reign one through four because we like give us a a, a briefness on the uh, one through four. But, the but you're, the, you're you're terrifying me at this point. I'm gonna I'm going some, to I'm going to look into it. The thing is, I feel like I read that stuff six months ago at this point. But what I'm gonna say is that essentially. Uh, Wilson Fisk, the kingpin, is and has been the mayor of New York City for a while, and he more or less teamed up with Doctor Octavius, the uh, Doctor Octopus, who uh, to try to develop some technology um, to help curtail the crime rate in New York. But also, they activated the Thunderbolts <clears throat> as a citywide anti-superhuman crew. These people have been going around taking down all of the superheroes, all of the good guys everywhere. And um, they have... uh, What else did they do? They... um, Oh, the Purple Man. Uh, The Kingpin has the Purple Man captured, and he's pretty much caged, and they've figured out a way to activate... Uh, the Purple Man's pheromone powers from the Kingpin's jewel-headed cane. Now, if you go way back to, like, Spider-Man 50 in the 60s, uh, that, the, his, like, the Kingpin's cane was a big deal. It was a weapon. And, like, mm-hmm. he could he could fire things at you out of it and strike you with it and stuff like that, or he could bounce it, bounce it on the ground and darts would go out, just shit like that. So the idea that they're bringing that back... Uh, or bringing back the weaponized version of the cane is a cool deal. We also have another aspect to this. He has He's married Typhoid Mary. This is his new mm-hmm. wife. He's thrilled about this. But he also has another son that he didn't really necessarily know about, who is now the new kingpin. But this guy resents Wilson Fisk. So they're not really getting along, and that's not working out. So the crime family thing is complicated. The superhero, or the the Thunderbolt superhero beatdown task force is complicated. Um, And then uh, this is all contingent, or maybe, I guess, built around the idea that Wilson Fisk knows that there's something he doesn't remember. And the thing is, it's either something that was taken from his memories or it was something that he knows he remembers that he, he he knows that he knew, but it's driving him crazy that he doesn't remember what it is, and it is uh, what we know is that he doesn't any longer remember the identity of Daredevil. That and Daredevil is this constant thorn in his side, and Matt Murdock is a constant thorn in his side, and he's like, I know if I knew that I could take down. The per- the person who is most driving me crazy in the world. And uh, I don't know if Joshua wants me to carry on with this because in the end, like, the new issue reveals something massive. It was a big moment. Uh, Go for it. And, and, and essentially, essentially, uh, when he realizes that he through the use of the Purple Man, like, powered gemstone on the cane, is able to get Typhoid Mary's entire memory back to her. Because that's the thing. She has lost so much memory. She's like, look, I remember all those years ago when we met. 
and how hot our love and passion and romance for one another is. And uh, I, I, but I don't remember all of these things are lost to time, to therapy, to, um, uh, to treatments, you know, electroshock, all of these attempts that people made to try to get me to straighten up and streamline and focus. And he's like, Oh, but I might be able to do something about it. And he uses the cane to get her to remember. And she remembers everything suddenly. But it it doesn't really cripple her because she's just a little bit twisted. She's off, you know, and she like it. She uh, she she I'm trying to find the right word here. She like focuses her experience of recollection through her rather over-the-top sexuality. In that moment, mm-hmm. the passion explodes. But then he he's like, okay, uh, I know you're dealing with that. Give me a minute. I've got to go out. i got to get some air. He goes out on the roof to this downpour, and, and he just says, he tells himself to remember. And pow, he remembers everything and it like comes into him and his weakness his weak this weakness he feels is over this like i'm incapable uh like he's he's personally feeling like some somebody has taken his moxie like his his lust for power his lust for control his lust for um the game of being a person who is skating things constantly by everybody as the villain, like the thrill of that has long since been gone because of this situation. And I guess what I have to ask where in all of these stories, I don't know if it happened in daredevil or if it happened in during battle world, or did it happen some other time? Did Kingpin lose his memory of who of Matt Murdoch's uh, secret identity? Does anybody remember? Matt Murdoch. Matt Murdock made a deal with Mephisto or in um, it was Mephisto, one of those other assholes for anyone that knew who he was to forget it, which okay, is why so every all time I'll like Spider-Man had the same thing going. Correct. Correct. Okay, um, so, so that's what I'm saying. Uh, I know you had to hop up for a second, but Typhoid Mary was, was telling him like, uh, you know, hey, yeah, of course, I don't remember everything. All these things that you remember that are so wonderful about our relationship and our passion for one another, uh, I don't remember it. And he used the Purple Man-powered gemstone on his cane to get her to remember. And then oh, he I remember. Went, I read it. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, like that – it was just – it. Well, that was a very big telling moment. At the same time, you know, and I don't want to spoil it for all of our minefielders, like all of the other – little things that happened in this that have like, you know, ramifications. But, um, I mean, one of the fun things about this is that there's a, there's one of those twist moments. Kingpin tells some of the Thunderbolts, including the Rhino, you know, I want you to go out and get the kids. And you're like, Oh damn. Okay. Cause when you go a couple more pages, you see them taking down purple man's kids, right? That's the thing. But then you flip a couple of pages and you get there and they're taking down the champions like Teen Nova 
and uh, Miles Morales and well, they didn't get fully taken down. Like most of them got no, away. Yeah, they because... didn't get taken down. But I'm like, oh, those are the kids they're trying to get, which means leads me to believe. Oh, we have to be reading every single Devil's Reign tie-in book to know because it just felt a little disjointed by way of the pacing there. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it begs you to go out and get copies of that to see how that happened. But what I the absolutely only- love was Rhino coming out and being like, I ain't going after kids. But yes, not gonna happen. they're going after the Purple Man's kids, which will give Kingpin and Typhoid Mary absolute control over everything because then they'll have absolute control over Kilgrave. Now, the books you do need to be reading, because I've been reading them all in terms to Devil's Reign, is the Dr. Octopus books. Oh, right on. Okay, yeah. I totally, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, I didn't so, even know there were Dr. Octopus books. Oh, yes. Yeah. So what, what, what's happening right now with the Dr. Octopus books is that, okay, so Kingpin recruited him to help him capture the, the Purple Man to have power over when he gets it. Listen, uh, what do you want for it? Uh, mm, uh, you know what? I... I'd really like, uh, you know, the Fantastic Four's headquarters. Yeah, oh, sure, no problem. Exactly. That's <laughs> gigantic. That's the one of the biggest things yeah. that's happened in a long time. And sure, all of sure, no problem. Yeah. Sure, no problem. Okay, so what had just happened in the pages of uh, Amazing Spider-Man, this bullshit Monroe story, is that Doctor Octopus is not evil. He's just proud. Uh huh. And. Uh, Ben Riley takes him down when he's trying to break into Beyond to steal, like, some secrets that Beyond had actually stolen from Parker Industries were actually his intellectual property, if you remember back to Superior Spider-Man. Yep, totally. Uh, Dr. Octopus pretending, like, as Peter Parker started Parker Industries, I mean, like, he revolutionized everything. Mm-hmm. They stole they stole his intellectual property, not knowing it was his. He wants it back, gets it back. Ben Riley fights him, and he's like, "Listen, I stole this drive particularly because this is the shit that they're they're faking that they're really pretending to be doing, and or, or faking that they're doing, but they're pretending to be something else. And if you look at this, you're gonna know that who the people you're working for are." more evil than you ever thought I ever could be. Mm-hmm. And Riley's like, all right, and let's Octopus go. Uh, Doc Ock is on a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, now, flash forward to what's going on Devil's Ring. Yeah, let me take over the Baxter building <laughs> where we've got this like teleportation device that will literally take you anywhere in any multiverse of anywhere. He figures out how to calculate all the Dr. Octopuses within every multiverse ever. And he cherry picks them. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Wolverine Dr. Octopus, the Incredible Hulk Dr. Octopus. We're all going to work together. We're going to come here and we're going to do some shit. Okay. Uh, suits of security for Wilson Fisk. Now, so we've got that, that that extraordinary spice. I've never even heard of that. That's why I'm really jazzed on that is that, like, I've never read a story where someone multiverse picked themselves out yeah, and they it's weren't. It's all new. It's badass, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're not Ooh. bitching at each other. It's a Wolverine, a Hulk, a Spider-Man. I mean, like, I mean, they're all getting along. I mean, they, they argue, oh, but yeah. they're getting along. Now, so let's go back to Wilson Fisk that has the power of the purple man 
that just pretty much just cured typhoid Mary. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh-huh. like just cured her. Uh, like I wish you'd remember. And then so she's able to remember everything. And like she immediately is able to express the love and devotion that she was saying that she wanted to express to him. And because now she's able to get past those barriers. Now, as a writer, as minefielders, as minefield lords here, all three of us here, where do you think this bullshit's going to go? He just put a curse on himself to remember. What the fuck does This is Chip Zdarsky here. This guy has taken us to hell and back within four city blocks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Within four city blocks for the past two years. Yep. Now, now, the kingpin says, remember. Yeah, he remembers, okay, Matt Murdock. Okay, so minefielders, we're not trying to spoil stuff. We're trying to tell you why it's good and what to inspect. We're, 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 we're not really armchair booking, but we're all writers in our own sense. All of us come have our own uh, fields that we come from and, and attack these. We talked about that last issue. Um, what else is fucking Wilson Fist is going to remember? Because remember how fucking deep it was when they got in, in the Daredevil show, when he remembered disposing of the fucking pieces of his dad's fucking body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that was, that was like, that humanized him, that, that made it okay for him to be as brutal as, as he possibly could be because that's how he was raised. And now, what else is he going to remember? Keep in mind, this is Chip Zdarsky. He hasn't let us down for two and a half fucking years. Yeah, this is a good yeah, book. You're not this wrong. Is, it's it pairs up everywhere else. Uh, uh, the little limited things that they're doing in the other titles that this encapsulates are very very good. Uh, mm-hmm. I I love that they brought in Moon Knight, which is the Moon Knight of right now. That's Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight. Uh, and uh, the FF being captured by everybody. And giving us the opportunity to see all of this stuff going on in the in the uh, in the te- in the four freedoms is it four freedoms whatever the Baxter Building uh, that it's what just, a great it's just, that's this is gold. There's a lot of good stuff going on right now. I really appreciate the beginning of this particular issue too. And let's oh sorry, let's not forget that there's the competing aim of Luke Cage as private citizen running for mayor in opposition to the incumbent Wilson Fisk. That's yes, a sir. big deal. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. That's my favorite part of the whole thing yeah, so far. Is that the, could the, be the, really something. Plus the <laughs> fact that freaking Tony, Tony Stark came in there and he was like, I'm going to run for mayor. And, and they, they were, were like, like, no, no it, it doesn't work. No, no. Tony was yeah. pissed. He, nah, he, nah. Yeah. He was, he was pretty, he kind of seethed about it. Yeah. So it'll be this, interesting to see what happens with that. I haven't liked the I haven't liked the boots on the ground story like this in Marvel since um, since Siege. Yeah. That's the thing. That's what's awesome. Yeah, Siege and the Cabal, like right there. Ooh, this yes, is sir. almost as this is almost as good, if not if and maybe like I'm I'm willing to give it the the, the to the end of the crossover or the cross title promotional to say that this might be better. But it doesn't have the worldwide ramifications that Siege no and the Cabal had, you know? Plus, we were in Oklahoma when it was happening. I'm in Oklahoma. Sorry. 
<laughs> yeah, even here, hard to find a house right now. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it happens, man. It's like, uh, like this is probably when the... Tony. When was the last time you enjoyed a Marvel story like this? Like, like a like a, an event series. Probably Powers of X, Ten of X, just because it was such a. Uh... They were changing things so much, but you could actually legitimately see them creating a society. Yeah. Good point. That is an amazing point. Because, like, we still don't know where real bullseye is. Yeah. We... That's that's the thing. As far as, like, Marvel goes, like, I'm not... Like, I grew up a huge Marvel fan. Like, I'm currently looking to complete the 200s run of Uncanny X-Men on top of the uh, 400s of Batman and 600s of Detective, which I just completed. Yeah, we got to talk about that. You just completed 600. You got uh, 695 today. Yeah, 695 came in yesterday, so I got all of those. But nonetheless, like, like I was a big Marvel guy growing up, but like I definitely fell off over the years. But like... Like the, those are the things. Like I, I'm, I'm waiting for that amazing Marvel story to bring me in, and then follow up with an amazing story that I'm like, oh my god, I can't get you know, can't get enough of this. You, you know, know and freaking, you know that this don't Devil's Reign's another one I initially slept on, but I went back and picked it up because it seemed like a big deal. Because you know, like Best you said, Z- Zdarsky hasn't let us down. Never. But like freaking. You know, it's been solid and it's been interesting. I, it makes me wanna like I'm reading we're reading that. We're reading uh Electra and Daredevil, the woman without fear. I do like that, yeah. Especially since everybody seems to be able to guess who she is and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, Okay, well this is how we can tackle you and then she keeps she keeps uh circumventing them. It's big. Yeah, yeah she cool. fucked up Craven. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. and that's the thing, you don't you don't get a good cra- like when's the last time Craven mattered? Oh, Craven's it was hunt, uh, probably like three years ago during that. What was it? Dan Slot Spidey. And no, was... no, he asked when it mattered. No, he asked <laughs> when it mattered. The only time Craven <laughs> has mattered, mattered in a really long time was during Craven's last the, hunt. That's the last Craven uh, story. That's the last Craven story. To a lesser made. extent, <clears throat> to a lesser extent, the introduction to him in the animated series, introducing the the children. To uh, to Craven, I did like him in uh, the Ultimate comics. <laughs> no, he was good in Ultimate. Ultimate Craven but, <laughs> was pretty funny. Yeah. Now, now, Tony, I want, I want to rewind to something you said a, a second ago uh, or a minute ago. Um, when was the last time you really cared about a like you? You grew up Marvel. Uh, we all did. Yeah. Uh, you you really got to evolve. You really evolve as a reader and a writer and someone that is open to enjoy something. But when was the last time you really enjoyed a true Marvel event series like this? And now, now um, you said, you said house of X powers of 10, but, but that was recent, but that, that's, that's too recent to, to answer the question. Mm. Yeah. But, um, before, before that, I didn't read secret wars. I have, I've yet to read either one. Even the original one. Like, freaking, I've just never... Like, you gotta remember, I freaking, I fell off for 10 plus years 
I didn't get back in until New 52. And even then, legitimately, I was exclusively a DC guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was reading Batman, Detective, Batman and Robin, freaking uh, Green Arrow. <clears throat> you know, I wasn't, I wasn't reading any Marvel. Like, not that I like had a thing against Marvel. I just, DC was what I was into. You know? Now, my, my next question is a follow-up to both of you gentlemen. When was the last time you were able to suspend your sense of disbelief, disbelief simply based on the writer? Like we, we, we mentioned it a few times. Like um, where I'm, well, like the, the fact that Chip Zdarsky's doing this. And we're just like, fuck it. I don't care what happens in, in any of these pages. I'm just going to enjoy it. Like, like, like uh, w- without coming in with our pre-biases after, because we're so hardcore, because I read Spawn all the time. And, and, and Colin, you know everything, but it's cosmic. And, and, and if they get one thing wrong, fuck them. And then, and, and then with Tony, with you, and if, they, if they don't understand the lore behind the things that, uh, like that you have to understand, oodles of books – when it comes to a DC book, whether it's Batman or Green Lantern or, or anyone, when, when we were all able to just like <laughs> read a book because Chip Zdarsky did it. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to, it's tough for me to say once you put all of those like qualifiers on there, but I'm going to say, I mean, just sitting back and having a great time and reading something because it's being written by this person. Uh, and then, I mean, dude, you, you're, you're asking me to go back as far as maybe the ultimates. Do it, you know, do it, man. And that's the crazy thing. Like, I'm really, really excited. I just picked up a box of full of my hardback books and I'm like, I've got ultimates volumes one and two in there. I've got that best of Spider-Man, J. Michael Straczynski volume two in there that somebody gave me as a gift, and I was like, I don't know if I want to get into this, and then I sat down and read it over the course of two nights, and it blew my mind. This was pre-The Other in Spider-Man. I mean, and I was just like, Straczynski and the Junior Junior run is just really, I'm sorry, the John Romita Junior run was just like, no, say it like that, said, was, that was really good stuff. And then I... Uh, I know that, you know, we, we covered it. It was one of our first things in the first year we were doing the minefields. And, like, you know, we talked about Dan Slott. And it was like, this is amazing because it's Dan Slott. And I'm like, yeah, this is good. It's just, it's, you know, it's still post-problem child era Spider-Man where things go went haywire. And it's like, I don't even know if I'm right. really reading Spider-Man anymore. You know? I think that's the, that's well, the problem at a certain point. The entire the entire company has done so many things to the point where it's like, I don't even know if I'm really reading anything that I originally grew up with. And it makes it impossible for me to, with those qualifiers, come in and say, boy, I hope they don't screw something. You know, read something without saying, boy, I hope they don't screw something else up that I'm, I'm happy about. You know, Grant Morrison's guess, new X-Men run was like, damn, this is astonishing. Because it just felt like it's just, it's pushing the concept of the story. Like, I feel like, that's what we complain about. I want lasting ramifications. You know, you don't, right. not everything has to be 70 Amen. miles an hour. It can, you can do good, good, 
Very good point. Reasonably paced storylines. Everything that has gone on in Daredevil for the last two or three years has just been like, this isn't earth-shattering, this is a good story. And somehow or another, it makes you remember how good it is. Like like Bendis and Malieve, you know? And that's another one I go mm-hmm. back to, and I'm like, as long as these guys are writing something, when they're paired up, I want to read it. I don't care if it's Scarlet. I don't care if it's Moon Knight. I don't care if it's Daredevil. I don't care if they're right. doing stuff over at DC. I want to check that out, because it's them. They just yeah. well, click. Anyway. You, you brought the whole point. No, no, not, not any, anything. You brought the whole point completely home. That's exactly what I was talking about. It was like, it, we are that invested in this guy. We have that much trust in this. He has not let us down. Yeah. Every single dollar we've spent. And, and, and granted, we got that big boy money, but still, <laughs> there's still a lot of fucking money we've spent. Um, he's never let us down. It hasn't been this, like, I mean, there, there's been, like, three or four issues, like like the annual from two years ago where they introduced the... Uh, the 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 fake clone out of dimensional brother pretending to be Matt Murdock. I'm like fuck it, this is great. <laughs> yeah, I still um, don't really quite. I, I I don't know if I missed that issue or what. I don't quite understand a, where that came from. Yeah, it was, it was a random annual. It okay. was an annual. It was a completely random annual. Wow, yeah. I got to go back and double check for that. I might have that. Here. It it it, it <clears throat> had that much clout that. Uh, they introduced that little bit because uh, Tony did they uh, wasn't that mostly centered around the dad's boxing career? Something along that, like freaking they. I don't. I don't know how exactly they brought. Like Matt was basically like an alternate. Like my uh, Matt would pretend to be Mike on occasion, and like somehow he was. He just became a real person over time. Yeah. Like I'm not sure exactly how that was, and I even I have that issue. But apparently, it was like something that was used a long time ago. That years ago, basically refurbished for the modern era. Sure. So that that, that was interesting. Yeah, it happened. Uh, I'm trying. I have something in my head, but I can't put my finger on it. Something else that was recently, I think, kind of like how Grant Morrison brought back the uh, the Batman of Zor and Thaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day. Uh-huh. Oh, that was an original dude. idea decades prior that he brought back. I'm going to give you a slow clap on that one. Dude, that was a fucking great call. Great so, call on that one, motherfucker. Dude, any of those super deep, ultra-rando dives, when you're going mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to reach out for something I remember from when I was a kid, and I'm writing it now. And it's like, you go back to, like, even, like, I like what they're doing in Doctor Strange right now. The Death of Doctor right. Strange featuring... The save point version of Doctor Strange from 1963 or whatever, and like, like his I, he kept his Nintendo on for like 40 years, and his mom yeah. didn't notice red liner. Yeah, <laughs> either that or mm-hmm. like even when you go back to World War Hulk, and Strange was like, "I'm going to imbue myself with the power of Zom to fight the Hulk," and you're like, "What?" And you go in and look on, you Google that, and realize. Oh, I might have that issue in the Marvel Masterworks of Doctor Strange. Let me go double check that. That sounds familiar. And you're like, holy crap. Like, when you deep dive that far back, I mean, that's, dude, you know, that's kind of the whole presentation of our, our concept. You know what I mean? You know what yeah, I'm talking about. It is. It, yeah, and, and uh, 
<clears throat> Underutilized, but uh, definitely essential when we get in a funk. Uh, and I, I want to harken back to when uh, COVID happened. I remember how panicked I was that we weren't going to be able to put out any uh, more episodes uh, for however amount of time because no, we you know Diamond was distributing yeah. books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we like you know we were like we just said fuck it, we're just going to persevere on. And let's just do the original concept of Minefields in the first place is doing the long box uh, yeah, concept yeah. where we do deep where we do deep dives. Uh-huh. And we did we did the entire dude. What was that like? That was like a month long exodus, not exodus uh, expedition into the Incredible Hulk doing uh, World War Hulk, uh-huh. Venice Car, uh, all of that shit. And then, um, but you. We did the Infinity Gauntlet, and then we also we followed the Infinity Gauntlet up with um, uh, a deep dive, oh, right. uh, which mm-hmm. into Adam Warlock. That's we did a full like I was like that's one of the most one of the most proudest shining things we've ever done that I'm, I'm really happy about and proud about that we've ever done yeah. was how far we got in Adam Warlock. But you just recently, in in, in regards to we we're talking about deep dives, you just recently reread the Infinity Gauntlet. Like, like after what we did two years ago, um, by the way, the Inception of Minefields, our first episode came out uh, three and a half, three, three years and one week ago um, was uh, we, we, we did the Adam Warlock issue. But like, uh, what new insights do you have on the Infinity Gauntlet now that you, you you've gone into it again? Honestly, like, OK, as far as the book goes. It is very nearly perfect because it's so gutsy. I'm talking about the actual Infinity Gauntlet storyline that all of our MCU books or all of our MCU Marvel Cinematic Universe movies have been building towards. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, in 20 years, they're going to decide we need to revamp this entire thing with all new actors and try again and do it even more closely to this. Because... You get to the end of the Eternals and you're activate. You're like you're seeing Star Fox come in, and yeah. people don't brother. know what the hell he is. Even like a lot of hardcore people don't really understand Star Fox, and he's a huge part of this story. He is more or less the narrator of the Infinity Gauntlet because he is forced to perceive the entire throwdown. Uh, as a tortured person whose mouth has been removed and like you're just stuck witnessing it, or and then, or, or you're you're sad about Gamora dying, but uh, why don't you take a gander about what they did to her in the original book? I mean, <laughs> she's that they're all dead, that walking like, corpse. Oh no, no, that's Nebula. Um, Nebula, Nebula, yeah, yeah, Nebula. Like, okay, the rundown on this very quickly is. That the Silver Surfer comes crashing through Doctor Strange's windows, not the Hulk, right? And Correct. he's like, okay, hey, it's it bears, it's too much. And this is badass because in the concurrent time uh, when, th- when this was going on, the Silver Surfer had been running around in a lead up to discovering that Thanos was back and why he was back and how that was done. So there are like three or four books that literally lead up to the Infinity Gauntlet that are definitely worth checking out. But By the uh, way, before, before you get too far on that one, mm-hmm. um, uh, for minefielders that didn't catch last uh, week's episode, 
Tony got the four or five books um, a couple of weeks ago, the Venom books that led up to the creation of Bane. Oh, oh, Bane. Okay, I thought for a second. Yeah, yeah. We're talking no, about not Venom character, Venom drug. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we're yeah. talking about Venom drug, That's like that, that. Yeah. So they're like the reason I'm bringing it up is the just because Bane wasn't in those issues, those are key issues. Regardless of what you say, because it introduces a whole new factor to things, yeah. and you're introducing the idea that the Infinity Gauntlet didn't just start with Thanos showing up with the fucking all all the the gems. Mm-hmm. Silver Surfer is running around going mad in a time when um, Shooter is doing his best to fucking wrangling all these acid eating assholes <laughs> that yeah, right. he can't. Yeah, even though this is the the, the deep eighties. Uh, like, in fact, I should totally, let me just in here, I want to find it. Um, you know. It's gotta be Shooter. Uh. Or Starkling. I'm check. I'm sorry. Beasley, Woody, da 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 Editor. Editor. There's, uh, there are multiple editors. Uh, Chief Creative Officer, Joe Quesada. Just names that just pop up again and again and again and, and again. No way. Okay, Craig okay, Anderson. that's bullshit. Craig Anderson. Casada is no way see chief created officer in the, in the late eighties. He hadn't even created Ash yet. No. Him and Pamiotti hadn't even done that yet. That, that, that's a that's a retcon thing. Bullshit. That's just throwing your name on here because you're the guy that happens to be there at the time. But um. Yeah, I mean, legit, like, okay, this was like 1991 when this happened. And this was like one of those crazy things that was happening. Oh, it's Tom DeFalco, sorry. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> Did yeah. that make sense? Yeah, what, I, what the point is, there's a bunch of stuff that's definitely missing from the, C, the MCU version. And Adam Warlock is the character that brings this all together. Oddly enough, the person that we get bringing it all together because they had introduced the characters was Doctor Strange. And he's right. one of the he is the only guy who pretty much exists from beginning to end in this storyline. Doctor Strange, the Silver Surfer, and Adam Warlock. Uh they bring in all of the heavy hitters that they can come up with. There's even this insane thing going on where Odin has like all of the all fathers of these different uh different realms having a meet awesome. up and they're like, we're going to go in and have to do something. And, uh, when I'm talking about like the Celtic God, Osiris from India, the Mayan God, Zeus, uh, set Pol- Polka, Apoka, the Aztec deity, Svarag of Russia and Manitou of who is an American Indian spirit, uh, which is kind of, I just start off. Sorry. I just sneeze. Bless you. Oh, excuse me. So the oddities we have going on here is that everything is coming. Everybody starts to perceive this coming conflagration. And then Pip the Troll, Adam Warlock, and Gamora kind of manifest themselves into the bodies of three 'er ne'er-do-wells on Earth who just died in a car wreck. And they... They like, <laughs> I don't know what you guys are doing. Ne'er do wells. You like ne'er do wells. I don't know what you're doing. So uh, I'm feeling very ne'er do well right now. Yeah, you bet. I like. I like. I, I'm. I'm more in preference of a nigh invulnerable. Nigh but uh, please keep going. 
copy. So, I mean, they they find themselves thrust out of the Soul Stone because inside of the Soul Stone is another realm. Uh, obviously, if we're talking about the Infinity Gauntlet, we're talking about the Infinity Gems, and one of them is the Soul Stone. That's the one that... Help, me, help me remember, is Adam Warlock already in the... Yes, he is technically dead from the events that we witnessed reading the Warlock storylines. Every character that he uh, eliminated in that story ended up inside the Soul Gem living a peaceful coexistence, no matter what what monstrous entity they were. And... uh, Well, well, before before you go further, I do have to... Illuminate our minefielders that we we did a deep dive on Adam Warlock, mm-hmm. and I have to go back and re-listen to what we did because it was so convoluted. Everything to do with Adam Warlock is the. I remember when they showed the cocoon at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Yeah, and it scared the shit out of me that they're gonna fuck it up because it's it it's too much. Like like I I don't think that. Most in obviously, if you're listening to this, you will be prepared for it. But at the same time, though, I don't think that the American public is going to be ready for an Adam Warlock character. I think they're going to like if they introduce Adam uh, they're, Warlock, they're going to fuck it I up. I think they are going to bone it because I mean, you know, they, they, if you go back There's and too much. that, it, it, I think we should repost that issue for people to investigate. Proceed. That is a great. That is a great the idea. Release of that. That. Um, I don't know where he's showing up. Is he in the Fantastic Four movie, or when does he come to existence in the MCU? The thing that we're talking about Guardians here... Guardians 3, I think. Okay. Guardians 3. The yep. complication of this character is that he exists on an identical Earth, rotating at exactly the same speed and orbit of our Earth on the opposite side of the sun. And this is a world that was created by the High Evolutionary. In an attempt to, main, like, you know, explore his godhood. The, you have so many wacky Marvel characters who are so powerful and capable of creation that, like, okay, so you've got this other alternate Earth and you've got uh, the character Him, who is Adam Warlock, who is created by this tiny scientific cabal on Earth to create the perfect human. And then he's like, I can't be amongst these people any longer. This is ridiculous. And he finds out that there are these man-beasts. There's a, there's a villain called Man-Beast who is the late, the, like the devil living on that other Earth. And the High Evolutionary is like, I want you, Warlock, to go to this world and, you know... Uh, absolve them of their sins and it turns out that there's this whole business of man beast changing his form running for president of the u.s and becoming the president and then they they crucify adam warlock because he is a jesus character and they're like jesus does jesus have any place in that concept of modern society where there was so much sin and there was so much uh, so much corruption. I need you to pause. Yeah, it's it's a lot. No, I need you to pause because the High Evolutionary, three issues of X Men ago, showed up out of nowhere. 
Oh my god! I mean, like, like, like out of fucking nowhere. Like, okay, so the the X Men have this treehouse sanctuary in the middle of Central Park, and they're, you know, they're being the X Men. They're they're the chosen, voted for X Men. And the High Evolutionary shows up and says, "Yo, uh, you guys are fucking up, and I need you to do this, this, and this." And Cyclops is like, "Fuck you." Mm-hmm. All of them are like, "Fuck you!" It's a high evolutionary. Yeah, and he's like, "Listen, I really need you to listen to me on this because what you're doing is not okay. What you're doing, Krakoa, right now, what you just did on Mars, not okay. What you're doing is exposing yourself. You are doing things above your pay grade at the moment. <laughs> That's the best way to. I love, I love that. That's fantastic. Nice. The best way to describe what he's doing. He, he basically said, "I'm saying, need you to slow down. Your mindset is in the right spot, but you need to slow the fuck down." That is. And there are no other beings on Earth that the High Evolutionary should be concerning himself with other than the X Men as evolutionary characters. Period. That is fantastic. That is that is why I wanted to present this to you because um, when I was reading that, I'm like, "What the fuck is the High Evolutionary doing here?" Yeah. Like, like, like he just showed up. It was one issue. Go on, bye. Like, we haven't talked about it since then. Um, well, how long ago was that? Like three, four issues ago, man. Okay. Like, okay. like not that far ago, but like, but you don't just have the high evolutionary show up and it just be like, oh, don't worry about that. Like that was just a yeah, failed right? story that these guys didn't do. No, no. Uh, no there's some breadcrumbs here. It begs more work. It, it begs yep. more work. Yeah. And uh, Tony, we talked about this on the way back from Lubbock. Like, I, I was pissed about this. Like, like what the fuck is a high evolutionary? Because because of you, uh, Mr. Colin there, uh, <laughs> like, because of that, and you're absolutely right, we need to re-release the Adam Warlock episode. I'm going to do that this weekend. Okay. I would well, honestly say it's totally worth re-releasing. I just think we should do it before Guardians of the Galaxy. In next out. year, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, you can re- re-release it this year, or then you know, whatever, whatever, however you want to do it. Minefielders, tell us if you want the content again. It's not like you can't go back and find it. But, but I, I, I I'm only trying to. I'm not trying to interrupt you. I'm no, only I'm trying to add clout to what you're saying. That you just don't have the high evolutionary do anything. No, or Adam yeah, Warlock do anything. Yeah, I can't remember last time I've seen the high evolutionary. Well, that's yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, maybe he shows up here and there in a cosmic storyline briefly, but he comes off as a villain so constantly. And I don't even think yeah. that the alternate Earth exists anymore. And that was constantly the question: Am I? These are all my creatures, and I have created them, uh, and I love them. But I can see that their sin and their corruption has become a problem, and so I would like to just cut ties with this and destroy it. Just, you know, a different version of the Matrix, essentially. Which ends up being like, no wonder he took Adam Warlock and was like, you go down there and see if you can absolve them of this sin and corruption. And that's why, in a world that is ruled by a president that is evil incarnate, basically the Antichrist, that's man-based, 
uh, in human form, they literally crucify their Jesus figure in on the White House lawn in favor of of staying the way they are, thus ensuring their destruction by a deity they don't exactly know if it if exists. It was this is a fascinating. This is exactly what I'm on The whole point exactly. of the books of exactly. those books. So the idea that okay, well, what happens to him is that he, he and his he, like Adam Warlock and his people end up in the Soul Stone, only to be repatriated into the world of the living at exactly the moment of their greatest need when a being with godlike powers the infinity stones who outclasses death herself and every other every other living deity in the universe mephisto odin galactus chaos and order love and hate um Celestials, they were all celestials, like everything is there. The Watcher, like everything that is, oh, freaking Thor, who isn't even, is not even Thor Odinson. It's Eric Masterson, Thunderstrike. Thunderstrike, Uh wasn't he part of West Coast, West Coast Adventures at the time? He may or may not, I I think that might be the case, yeah. But he has the cool, like, helm that he has that's got the uh, the angel wings and stuff. Like, the craziness is that this, this... You think about it as you're reading this, and Adam Warlock appears to everybody, and the only person who's able to have a moment with him that's like, okay, no, I get it, I trust you, is in fact Doctor Strange. And everyone else who's used to some wacky new guy showing up and they're like, "Ah, I don't trust this guy's agenda, uh, has only Doctor Strange to rely on for this is the truth and this is how we're going to do things. We need to follow this guy. He knows what he's doing. And I always recalled, like, the Fantastic Four being a bigger part of this. No, they got wiped out in the snap. All of four of them, just gone. Let alone any number of other really relevant characters. And, uh, and uh, which I felt like, so thank goodness, you know, it was a super gutsy move in the MCU for them to, like, get rid of Bucky, get rid of... Uh, uh, Black Panther that had T'Challa. just hit so hard, you know. So the crazy thing, Spider-Man. the crazy thing about this that I dig most is Adam Warlock sees straight through Thanos when they finally come face to face after their previous experiences, and they're both like, "Yeah, we both been brought back from the dead for some reason or another," and Warlock is like. I don't have to worry about this. I mean, obviously, this is a big deal what you're doing, Thanos, and it's it's a it's a scare. It's a big problem. Uh, but uh, you've been defeated every time you've ever re- attained godlike powers twice before, and you're going to get defeated again. And Thanos is like, "How can you possibly think that? How?" And it's and he's like, "Because you plant the seeds of your own destruction." Period. You Man. let yourself, you leave the door open to your defeat every time. You mm-hmm. cannot control something. Even as a god, there's something that you can't control. And that is the beauty of this. When you are all-powerful, you're the only person that can defeat yourself. 
Cates understood that when he wrote <clears throat> Thanos wins. Because remember, he yeah, brings yeah, yeah. Thanos <clears throat> into the future with a cosmic ghost right over the broken time stone. <laughs> and yeah. I, own, I only need you to die for me because I need you to die so death can show up. But who shows up? Silver Surfer Black with fucking Mjolnir. Um, uh, the only yeah yep. but like it makes so much more sense when you put that in perspective that he planted the seeds for his destruction because who died uh-huh. <laughs> who died old ass Thanos yeah regular Thanos went back but um man this like man this we we need to like make a list of things we need to touch on like once a year every two years or something like that because <laughs> we, we, we you we did not have this sort of introspection when it no. came to even when we were reading it and we had no work <laughs> like we, we were both off work we were just sitting around reading and drinking dude and, it was great uh, being just sitting in a hammock and reading warlock for like three days <laughs> dude three we days straight thing. we just get better we just get better at doing this i hope uh i need a no, hammock. Well, yeah dude we need to get tony hammock and put it on the fucking list i need a hammock oh dude got, hammock is where it's we, at we got morales alley we need morales hammock um Amen. before before <laughs> we get too far um god damn batman the night two oh, ten dude, yeah like uh, I thought it was I thought it was two of six, man. Uh like when you said two of ten, like uh, you know, I mm, it was a little cold in this room, but I was still diamond. <laughs> yep. No, it's it's uh it's super interesting. Going over uh the early years of Batman, Bat it's a while Batman's traveling the world. And this is super oh, I like the idea. That's a great idea instantly. Yeah, we've always talked about it, but like how many times have they really gone into what did Bruce Wayne do after he decided to become Batman, but before he was actually Batman? Yeah, because we got a little bit of a taste of it and, and, a, and a yearning for it when Ghostmaker showed up. Yeah, like we know stuff happened, but we don't know. We, we know a, a, a sliver. We know there's parts of Rachel Ghoul. We yeah, know there's parts with Henry like Ducard. Yeah. And we learned about Henry Ducard. Like, I didn't realize I had Henry Ducard's first appearance in Detective Comics 599, I believe. Mm-hmm. And freaking, we really learned about Henry Ducard in the uh, Batman The Detective, which came, which just recently ended. Ooh, the Cuban. And freaking, you know, but we, uh, you know, we 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 hear about Batman like he trained with the best people here. He trained with the best people there. He trained with the best people there, but like mm-hmm. we really didn't get too much more information otherwise, uh, or his failures until now. Until now. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in we're in Paris, and Bruce, uh, a young Bruce Wayne, maybe late teens, early twenties, is chasing a cat burglar. As he has a tendency to do. Why are people stealing cats so often? <laughs> it's, it's a big thing in Gotham. Apparently, it's a big thing worldwide, from what I understand. No, I believe they nuts. call it escargot in, in Paris. <laughs> That's snail burglary. That's completely different. <laughs> that is the burglary of snails. <laughs> All right, sorry. But he's chasing after this woman who is going into this uh, rich man's apartment because, of course, he is stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. 
and or herself. Yeah. Because to become a great, uh, to catch a thief, you must think like a thief. It's really what it comes down to. I like how they didn't mm. actually say it out loud, but it was like a, like the heaviest theme of it. Holy bat tropes, Batman. Hey, Holy grist metal bit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> But he's following this woman, and she uh, she catches him in the act. She, she catches him in the act of catching her. Yeah. But uh, they end up meeting the next morning because, of course, he he recognizes who she is, and she decides uh, she she's interested to know that note that his uh, his accent has gotten better because his French was poor the night before, and apparently he stayed up all night working on it because when you are trying to become an international um, crime stopper. You have to work on your accent. <laughs> crime stoppers. But like she decides to take, yeah, she decides to take him under his, her wing and show her how, uh, show him how he, uh, how she does things so that she can, uh, so that he can learn. And she, she's intrigued by him. A young man of uh, his nature wanting to be, either a thief or somebody who catches a thief. But if nothing else, she's intrigued by the challenge. Mm-hmm. The, the, the challenge was wonderful because, like, you see Bruce just get entranced by her. Like, he's that dumbass kid. Like, when he's, like, jumping the rooftops trying to find some crime, he's in a suit and tie. <laughs> like, like he's not in anything superhero whatsoever. He's just practicing his night leaping, and uh, and she she bests him without hesitation or effort, and mentions that his accent is bad. And what does this motherfucker do? But stay up all night learning how to make that fucking accent better. Mm-hmm. And she shows up, and she's like. He's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to record me? And he, and he reaches for a phone. He doesn't have it. She hands him his razor. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And she was only in like one panel before. Like, like she, she had already robbed him blind. And the way she takes him under, the, under her wing, man, it was uh, – I don't know how to say this uh, – Without being like brutal, but it was sexy. This was a sexy book. Hot blonde cat burglar takes Bruce under her wing, and he can't help himself. Yeah, he he he's he's intrigued and attracted to this woman because he, like I said, at the end of the day, he wants to learn, but at the same time, he's still he's still a young man, and like he doesn't. He's got this plan in his head, but this plan in his head doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to uh, go to fruition the way he thinks it will. Yeah, because he's all about doing what's good and never doing bad, but now he's kind of, he's like what, he's a a passenger, like doing everything but stealing while she steals, and it's okay with him because he's he's not the one stealing, but he's still a part of the the criminal nature. Is, am I wrong there? I don't think you are. I think that's exactly what they're going for. And then we turn into there's a murder. And uh, Henry Ducard is there, who is the, uh, 
who's the criminal who teaches Bruce Wayne quite a bit. We learn, uh, learned in the detective, the real trainer. Yep. Yeah. Mm. And we see him in Margot who, uh, I'm not sure if she's a part of the detective or the Joker series, but she's definitely a recurring character. Yeah, I want to say she's the Interpol chick. I think she is. Now that we get into it, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right on that. But you know, we're using, we're seeing Ducard utilizing his uh, his thought process to help them f- solve this crime. And at the same time, we see this woman teaching a young Bruce Wayne how to be a how to think like a criminal by being a criminal. And you know, she's like, "I'll give you a head start." And then, you know, Bruce tries to jump between two buildings and she has to save him. She's already ahead of him. Oh, she's she's multiple steps ahead of him because he doesn't really... Like, he's got this thought process of what I want to achieve. But at the end of the day, he has no idea what that entails. He just has a rough idea of, this is what I want to be. But I have no idea how to get there. Which, for anybody who's been that that late teens, early twenties gentleman or lady. Yeah. We've all been there at one point or another. Oh, I want to be a cop or I want to be a pro wrestler. Yeah. Or I want to be a musician. And I have absolutely no idea how to get there, but I know this basic part one, part two, part three. If I do that, maybe the rest of it, I'll figure it out. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. You know, and I think all of us in, you know, our real life jobs are like, you know, we had to get there somehow and we had no idea how the hell to get there in the first place. But then you get tempted. Yeah. And there's this, this older lady willing to, willing to teach you. I had one of those. I told you about that on the way back from Lubbock. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and then she decides that he must, you know, if he wants to be, to think like a criminal, he actually has to commit a crime. And they go to to rob this house and freaking somehow along the lines, they screw up and the police show up. And, the, and Bruce Wayne, Bruce freaks out and he gets shot. Mm. He gets shot in the leg and he's not sure what to do. And, you know, the cop's like, you know, I got to, you know, I'm going to take him in. And the whole time Bruce is just thinking to himself, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I screwed up. You know, I never should have done this. And he but he, instantly but he regrets still, it. But he was still holding on to the booty, though. He didn't yeah. let go of the booty. Yeah, and she ends up saving him. And you know, later on, she's, she's cleaning his wounds and taking the bullet out of him. And he ends up kissing her. And, you know, she's just like, it's, you know, and he's just like, I'm sorry. And she's like, it's okay, you know, we're just, you're a sparkling gem of a boy, but alas, you're a bit too young for me. Like, she knows what, she knows what this is. She knew what that was. She knew that was happening. She leaned, she leaned in a little too hard. I remember looking at that a little longer than most comic book panels. She leaned in, and that was a glorious panel where she's leaning in and she's got, she's in, you know, her bra and panties and she's leaning in. And she's stitching him up. How could he not do that? Like that was an enticement. She got what she wanted. 
she didn't want to get laid, but she wanted to feel like a woman. And that was, and she, you know, I think that's what the forgiveness was. She knew what that was. Like Bruce wouldn't have been enticed unless there was some sort of uh, sexual attraction there that would cloud his vision. And that's like so funny to me uh, as an adult now, having been seduced by older women, like they know what the fuck they're doing. They know exactly what they're fucking doing. You know, and here he is freaking trying to, you know, she leaves the room and he's kind of thought, you know, stuck with his thoughts and looking at this box. And he's like, it's a false bottom. And we see what appears to be teeth falling out of it. Yeah. And then we hear by him, you know, he's looking at them and behind him, he hears no sudden moves. And we see the uh, Ducard there with the woman in his arms and a gun pointed at Bruce. You know, and he's just like, you and your friend here are in a world of trouble. So we're about to about to see the first meeting between Bruce Wayne and Henry Ducard. Do you want her to die? Oh, no. Not at all. I want to see where this goes. I'm interested uh, to see I'll... where they go between the between the three of them. You know, Ducard gonna... knew who, who she was. He, he found her. He found her fast. I mean, like, they don't, like, like he was still bleeding like a stuck pig when she was stitching his ass up. Like, we're yeah. talking, like, what, 20 minutes bleeding that fast? Yeah. You know, he left in the middle of that crime scene, and he knows, he knows who she is. We only saw the painting of Ducard. Yeah. We only, we only saw the painting. And when the teeth fell out, man, like, that added that whole other level, man. Like, the one thing about serial killers is, um, the ones that we know of, the reason they got caught, among other things, it's trophies, trophies. Thank yeah. you. Mm. Is trophies like like he picked exactly. up the box? He was just curious and like, why is this rattling? You know, sure he took the jewels out. Yep. Dum dum dum. Yeah, it, like that. Like I don't want her to die. Uh. In the way that you would expect, like, someone in an action film, like, like at the beginning of The Last Boy Scout, Halle Berry died in the first fucking 15 minutes. Um, but, you know, that, that, that started off a whole chain of events. But I want, I want a fleshed-out story. I want, I want these books to be treasures, that we get the first appearance of her, and how much it shaped Bruce. And it, especially, that like, all of the references to his love of a cat burglar. Yeah. Or, you know, like, yeah, like all those little things, why, why he'd want to be with someone that like is the complete opposite of him that, that matches him on, on a lot of different levels. But at the same time, I do want her to die because I want her to be like a figurehead or, or like a, a Greek statue, a, a masterpiece that can't ever be attained, that, that um, – he was privy to in, in his in his uh, formative years, and if McFarland makes an action figure of her, I'm going to call you at three in the morning, like I usually do. Like exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things, man. Like, uh, like Colin. Uh, the the thing about this book is is that they were he's falling in love with a master criminal who's a cat burglar. There yeah. were so many references to this sort of thing, and and I love the fact as as an older man I, I, I can reference uh, a few older women that got their paws on me, 
that I knew what they were up to and I, I was powerless. <laughs> I, 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 I get that. It feels, I mean, honestly, it's exciting. It's, for it's sure exciting. exciting. And I don't see it as being a bad thing. Uh, no, it wasn't a bad thing at all. I mean, it's a learning experience. So she's not taking advantage of him, but she's like, uh, how many times have you taken someone under your wing in your shoot job? In my shoot job? Yeah, like where, where, where you showed them the things that, to help them succeed. I mean, whether oh, or not. I mean, like, dude, I am constantly doing that. That's, that's my, that, like, that seems to be all I do. And let me go on for, I mean, I'm teaching classes on it now. Uh, right. That's what I'm doing on Sundays, is, uh, is is or Saturdays rather. I'm teaching a class on what I do, uh, and you know until the program is over. But um, yeah, legitimately, like I don't know. I'm even trying to get involved in in uh, like uh, accredited mentorship programs and stuff like that. There's a whole lot. I, I constantly have to be doing that. So, yeah. yeah, but those things have rules, and Batman uh-huh. is like, uh, like I popped when he told me. I thought I thought this was like, gonna be like a one of those like uh, three issue uh, black label books, but like uh, two of ten. Uh, the last mm-hmm. one was phenomenal. Like each one is just has its own thing. I, I, I really hope that it continues this this story for at least two or three issues because the last one was a one and done. Yeah. Um. Like uh, we're the only thing I got left, man. Because I, I want to leave. Because uh, we're already getting into our third hour here. Um, yeah, we gotta <laughs> get there. Yeah, let's uh, let's put the kibosh on because we want to do Black Label, The Blaze, or Suicide Squad, and uh, the, the Flash. I only got like three pages into it today before mm-hmm. uh, I had to get back to work, but. Um, the other, the the last thing I want to leave off on because I can hear Tony digging around for a, a book right now that he's got to show us off. Because uh, I, I, dude, he he's completed some epic runs, man. Like yeah. he's 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 all about it. Um, the hunt, um, yeah, we'll pay for your trip to Lubbock. We'll we'll, we'll fucking fly you into Lubbock. Oh my god, <laughs> that's yeah, that's that's a good drive. It's just a drive. Uh, let's see. What is it's uh, three hours from getting getting okay. someplace is not the problem. Having time to do anything is what's crushing. Yeah, I get it, man. I get it. That's, I get it. You basically got to have a whole goddamn twenty four hours available, like literally twenty four hours awake available oh to God. do the Lubbock trip. To do the Lubbock trip, but uh, it's it's all good laughs in the hunt and. Uh, it's funny, man. Like uh, you minefielders, uh, you think that you might not be able to complete an epic run or even a small run, but if you put your mind to it and just go on the hunt, you'll find them. Like uh, when we first started doing it, um, Tony wanted to complete his 600 issue run of uh, Detective and a few like 100 issue runs of X Men. He's an X Factor, and mm-hmm. uh, I've I've found like oodles of she and lady death and uh ash i've like we even found a fucking signed issue one of ash by joe casada oh wow um yeah like like uh for dirt cheap ultra the girls um like where i was on a i'm on the run for on the hunt for like indie shit like like i'm the indie guy for for our crew you know and um uh 
if you look, you'll find um, we were on the way, like the second trip to Lubbock, we were talking about Strife. And I'm like, what the fuck? First issue of Strife? And we found three issues of it. There was a three dish. There was three dollar one that was beat up. There was a six dollar one that was decent, and there was a twelve dollar one that was fucking mint. Um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go on the hunt. I'm just trying to entice you. I'm not trying to guilt you or nothing like that because you you've got a much harder shoot job than what, what we got. But um, glad you're training these guys. Um, we've got the 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 one thing because uh, like I said earlier uh, it's, we're getting into our third hour here let's let's uh, hold off on Flash and uh, The Blaze because I um, I want to read that Suicide Squad book because Tony you got me hooked on Suicide Squad um, I, it's interesting that's for sure let, let, let's hold off on that one because I, I still want to read that one and I, I only got like three three pages into The Flash earlier today but uh, let's wind down with the fact that it is now, 1.35 our time, 2.35 Colin's time, and there is probably you – know, all of us got to get up early in the morning, but if I turn the TV on for some ambiance and I see that Peacemaker episode seven <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened to me the other day. I sat down uh, before I went to OKC, and I was watching the new Boba Fett, and uh, – Ooh, it's, it's, it's juicy. It, it was, I had no idea how entertaining it was going to get and how much I was Rodriguez, going. Baby. Why don't you guys just run to the left? Why don't you guys just run to the left? Get out of the way. Like what? You're going to get killed. Why isn't it just shooting you? Like stuff like that. But then it was just like, this is the best, most fun episode. Just crazy yeah. stuff. It, it was, fun. we got Peacemaker last episode, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, for you minefielders out there, if you've been enjoying the show, if you didn't know, uh, James Gunn has the official Peacemaker Spotify playlist with Choir Boy. <laughs> uh. With like it, it uh, it's actually been uh, the only thing I've been listening to for the past like two weeks. Is is this fucking playlist? Which is funny because I remember you saying you talking about how much you hated Choir Boy. No, well, the thing is, is that like like I didn't realize like of all my years of headbanging metalheadness they were right there really is no wrong time to rock it doesn't yeah. fucking matter <laughs> like i was thinking about it in the shower this morning because i was uh, i put on the latest uh b-port uh uh top like 10 and i'm like i'm getting down in the shower i got good, a solid head bob like some good new fucking dance tracks and it's fucking eight in the morning and I got this fucking dance music blast in, and I was like, man, it's too early for dance music right now. No, it's never too early for dance music. That's how I wake no, up sometimes. No, just like, mm, no, yeah. you were correct. And it's never too, the, the, uh, as we wind down here, like, I, I like we, we talked about it last episode, but like, it all boils down to having a kick ass team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. Team work. Kick-ass team, the right soundtrack, the right amount of violence, killing a fucking alien-controlled fucking gorilla with a fucking chainsaw. (laughs) (laughs) Sign me up. (laughs) I'm just saying, if they ever actually did a Dark Knight's Metal TV show, movie, whatever, Mm -hmm. you have to have James Gunn. 
has to be James Gunn. Has to be James Gunn. James Gunn. It's the only way and it's going to work. It, it's got to be James Gunn, but he's got to have like someone really fucking righteous on on his uh, right shoulder to help with the metal soundtrack. It's got to be. And he go, he'd find it. No, no, no. I don't think James Gunn could pull off a fucking metal soundtrack. James Gunn he is going to off literally everything. He, no, he pulls off kitschy shit. But when it comes to metal, it like it's it's very specific. I think he's got to have Greg Capullo in his corner, making sure that everything is fucking righteously perfect. And uh, if if uh, you mind fillers out there, uh, if you want to fucking hoot, follow Greg Capullo on fucking Instagram because he'll get bored and there'll be a thirty minute video of him fucking just lifting weights and then drawing comics and then shredding on his official Zach Wild fucking Les Paul, but like. <laughs> But like, it, like I felt like learning this song today. I'm like, Jesus, he can draw like that and he can shred like that. Um, he's got to have Capolo in his corner to help him with the metal soundtrack. And I, I don't think that's true. And in fact, all right. I will bet you a hundred dollars right now. All right, because I have been drinking way too much. <laughs> yes. Dangerous. I, I sell the Remski. <laughs> I will bet you one hundred dollars right now. On the offshoot that they ever do a Dark Knight's Metal TV show or movie, A, James Gunn will direct, and B, no Greg Capullo. If Greg Capullo is in there at all, you get the hundo. All right. I, I, will, I will take that bet. If Greg Capullo right. is involved in any, any sense. Anyway. Any, as, long, anyway. As, long as, he, as long as he is credited, I will give you the hundo. All right, and if if Capullo is left out at all, other than just uh, and 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 we gotta have to make sure we do, we do it right. Uh, if Capullo is mentioned, because he's going to be, because if they do metal, they gotta mention him. Mm-hmm. But if he's only, if he's as, only, as long as he as if he's mentioned if he's mentioned in special thanks, I win. You win. anything else? I will give it to you. Cool. I, I, I will take call over the witness. I hear you. I, I will. I will take that bet. I will take that bet. Now, do you want to take the hundo in comics or actual hundo? Winner's choice. Copy. Colin, you want in on this bet ski? Uh, no, I don't know anything about it. Thank you. Okay. I don't know enough about but, that. But, but stuff. you are the witness. I am. I you're, am. You're, I am the witness. I mean, I am completely the familiar with James Gunn and everything, but I, I just you. nothing about this makes any sense to me. No. No. Okay. So. Now, just to reiterate, if Greg Capullo is mentioned in any other fashion other than special things or inspired by, yeah. Tony wins. Mm-hmm. If he is given anything else as a producer, even just in fucking name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Any other aspect. You, you any other aspect. But let me, let, let me add a little extra to this. Okay. If he's not mentioned for soundtrack, this is a total other thing. If he's not mentioned for soundtrack, I'll give you another fifty. All right, <laughs> but it, me, this is only if it's live action, though not not animated. Yeah, I okay. Could totally see him doing. I could totally see him doing animated. Too easy. And then, too then easy with animated. Math. Too too easy with animated because when it comes to animated, all bets are on, and that's not fair. Yeah. So cool. as long as long as it is a live action television show or movie, bets on. 
metal bet. All right. Right. No, th- th- those are right. those are perfectly reasonable parameters. Like, because yeah, if we if if it was if it was the animated thing, then Capullo's gonna be all over it. Like, yeah. like he's gonna do he's gonna do the animatics. He's gonna like they're just gonna copy everything that he the, that they did, and there's gonna be no reason that he's not gonna be mentioned, yeah. uh, other than special thanks. No, no, but but if he's not mentioned, regardless if I win or lose, if he's not mentioned. For soundtrack, Fitty. All right. Sounds good. Fitty. Let's do this, man. Gentlemen's agreement. Fucking read my mind. Fucking read my mind. Uh, yeah, let's let's hold off on uh, the Blaze, man, because we held off on the last Suicide Squad because I didn't uh, you hadn't read that one yet, and uh, like the like you get cut up on that one, but we got Peacemaker. Later on today, <laughs> the season finale. Oh, we got the uh, I pop like a motherfucker. Today. They fucking announced they renewed it for season two. Mm-hmm. I heard. Mm-hmm. Hell, you mm-hmm. told me. <laughs> yep. Colin, it's your turn. No, I did everything. I did all of my books. No, it's your turn to send this off, brother. Oh, for crying out loud! That's what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, guys. Uh. This is dangerous, and this transmission is over. Extremely over. And awesome. My doubt. 